talking about the creek, the creek talk, they're talking about the creek, the creek talk, they're talking about the creek, they're talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk, Creekers. I'm Steven. <laughs> I'm Jamie. And every week we are breaking down an episode of Dawson's Creek, right? <laughs> sure are. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Um, yeah, it's a Wednesday, our recording day. It's uh, kind of miserable where I'm at. It looks like it's going to pour again. Um, it's kind of like been a dreary day for me. Like I'm kind of tired. Um, it was like a long work day. But um, I'm very excited to uh, record this with you. It's always like the highlight of my Wednesday. Yay! The best part of waking up is Creek Talk on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> I just made that up on the spot. You, you did? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> you guys just live for my lovely singing voice. I know. It's okay. It is. It's, it's beautiful. um so before we get into the episode um why don't we do a little catch up and uh talk about what's going on with each other what's going on with you oh so nothing super new i did make homemade chocolate chip cookies on saturday oh i love that they're so good burnt my finger and that sucked like a lot oh I burnt my thumb, technically, not a finger or a thumb. That's annoying. Yeah, it, it, it hurt, but I've got like this really awesome burn cream that I use, and <laughs> it made the pain just like float away, and I had no issues the next day. Like, I didn't lose my, my fingerprint, you know, my thumbprint. <laughs> oh, that's good. You do need that in case you're arrested. <laughs> right, or something. I don't know, but I, I didn't lose any anything valuable. <laughs> All right. Well, burn cream sounds awesome. Sucked a lot. lot. Yeah, this stuff's great. I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember what it's called, but it's got all kinds of stuff in it, and it's like a numbing agent. So I use it because I'm very pale and I get burnt very easily. So I put this stuff on, and it's it has aloe vera in it, but it's better than aloe vera because aloe vera. You put that stuff on, your skin just soaks it up, and then five minutes later, you're putting on more. It literally only works for like five minutes. This stuff works for way longer, and it lasts longer, and it goes. It's just it just works better. Um, but that's that's really it for me. How about you? Yeah. Um. Oh, I hate the feeling of aloe vera. By the way, I hate that it feels <laughs> sticky. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it it uh it, it's almost like wicker and sand for me. <laughs> Oh, oh, speaking of wicker, I have to send you a picture later. Um, I went to my pop-up's house and you'll never guess what we found. Wicker furniture? Wicker furniture. <laughs> oh my God. It was, a, it was like a side table and a lamp. The lamp was made out of wicker and the shade was wicker. Oh. And it's really crazy cool. <laughs> and it wow. survived. It was, I don't even know how long it's been in the shed, uh, but it's, it's like in perfect conditions. <laughs> oh my God, Jamie, you should bring it into your home as like a symbol of your hatred, our hatred for Wicker. <laughs> well, I would, but my mom claimed it. So oh. <laughs> well, it's in her funny. home. <laughs> yeah, send me a picture of that. I'd like to see it. I'll send it to you. Since we're both so obsessed with it and hate it at the same time. <laughs> um, 
what happened with me? So it's been a very slow week. Um, Saturday, I took my niece out because her birthday was on the 6th. And um, I'm on the 2nd. She's on the 6th. We always like bond over the fact that we're both Leos. She like loves it. She just turned nine. She's also my goddaughter. She's hilarious. She cracks me up. So they were away. And I said, well, when you come back, we'll go out. I'll take you out for your birthday. But let's not forget that the week before they went away, I took her out and bought her all this shit. And my sister's like, you don't have to keep buying stuff for her. But like, I don't know. I love her so much. And her brother, my nephew. Yeah. And like, I don't have kids. And it makes me feel good. Um, And she's always... um like she's i know she wants something and she gets really like um like she wants to ask me and i'm like do you want it just put it in the basket it's fine okay so um i took her out shopping we went to a couple of different stores um and it was fun but the thing that cracked me up was we were in the car and i have i have like a ton of sunglasses in my car and um the one pair she always wears when we're like together oh that's so funny she literally just texted me (laughs) um but um she said oh what do you want to do you want to wear these because she had her own pair with her she goes here do you want to wear these because they have a rainbow on them and she okay she's nine she doesn't understand like um like gay terminology i guess like i don't think she knows that a rainbow flag would mean like you're gay so i stopped for a second and I said, oh, why would I wear those? Because I'm gay. And she sa- she looks at me all serious. Like, she was shocked that I said that. She goes, no, I just thought that they would look good on you, Uncle Steven. And I said, oh, get an Adriana. I was, like, I was like, for a second, I was like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> and she was like, her mind is she was like, yeah, like she's. Oh, it was so funny. So then later we were, we got back to my house and ha- we were just hanging out and um, uh, I have like lights all around my apartment and she was making a TikTok with like the um, ring light thing. And she was showing me and I said, oh, that looks really cool with all the lights. And she, and she says this like so seriously. Yeah. If anybody saw it, they would know, they would think that a fairy lived here. <laughs> Was she using fairy lights? Because those are yes. fairies. So that, that's really cute. I'm sorry. So, that's really cute. I know. And I said, oh my God, Adriana. I said, you would have, I know you mean it in the most innocent way possible because of how you said it. But I didn't like get into it. But I said, it's just, I just started laughing. I was like, you made two unintentional gay references. <laughs> like <laughs> Without even knowing. Not even knowing. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh, this kid, she's so funny. But yeah, it just goes to show you like she's, she's just a kid. Like she's has such an innocent mind, you know, like she doesn't know all these like terrible things that people say about, you know, like being homophobes and all that stuff or what is, uh, like what is relatable to like, um, the gay community. I don't know. It just, it just made me laugh. But I love that kid so much. She cracks me up. But um, yeah, other than that, nothing else. I just spent a lot of money on Saturday that I should not have spent. And um, I'm okay with that. I think we talked about that before. If you have it and, uh, you know, your bills are paid, then why not? So I said, why the fuck not? (laughs) 
But um, yeah, that's it for me. So do you want to get into this episode? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, um, just to give you my, I'm slightly distracted right this moment because Lena Weasel, so in case you guys don't know who I'm about to talk to, my, I have two cats. One's name's Lena and the other is Willie. Lena weaseled her way up here. She, she didn't weasel it. She like, she bum rushed her way up here. Yeah, she barged in and she's getting into something and I can't see what it is that she's getting into. Do you want to see what she's getting into? No, she's, she's probably just trying to climb into a plastic bag to lay down. She's really weird. I'm not really concerned about her. She's like, she's almost 13 years old. She's, she's fine. Um, But Will is apparently downstairs because he can't figure out how to barge in through the door to get up here. And uh, he's pounding at the bottom. Terry's texting me this entire time. He's like, he's just down here crying. I don't know what to do. I feel bad. (laughs) He's just crying, trying to get up here, but I don't want him up here because then I'll be, too distracted paying attention to him he's a younger cat mm-hmm. and he is a stinker that likes to get into everything and I, you guys would literally hear me yelling at him every five minutes i bet jamie i i understand i understand the struggle i don't i tell justin all the time i don't sleep at night because we have three cats and the it's scaredy cat kitty purry and little nugget kitty purry sleeps at the end of my feet um and then uh scaredy cat wakes me up by like laying on top of me but so last night little nugget was just walking all over me as i'm trying to sleep then she gets into my blanket because she wants to be like with my like body heat i guess yeah but she's like like digging into my leg with her claw it was so annoying and then i woke up with her sitting right next to my bedside dresser with her face, like in my face, she scared the shit out of me. And then she was trying to like bite my charger. I freaked out. I was like, I can't, like, I, I have to sleep. And then as soon as I get rid of her, Kitty Purry comes up and she starts jumping on me, trying to wake me up. She's like scratching the side of my dresser. I like, oh, and like, she wants me to go into the bathroom so I can pet her. She has this like thing now where like, whenever I go into the bathroom, she wants to, wants me to pet her. So um, it's just frustrating. I said, I have to lock them out because I can't sleep at night. It's so annoying. And then I get cranky. Right. You know? Oh, you're tired. Um, yeah. And like, I'm like, why are they not bothering you? <laughs> they bother you. You know why though? Because you're the one that's getting up. That's why. Cause you're, cause you're, they're waking you up and they know they're waking you up and they're getting the attention. Mine don't do that to me because I will ignore them to the point where I'll just fall back asleep and eventually they get bored and go away. Lena, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll be laying on me and I won't even, I, I don't know if she's there until I move. Um, Willie just doesn't bother me until it's time to wake up. They will actually try to wake Terry up in the morning more than they will me because they know I'm not going to get up and I'm going to ignore them. They're bothering you because they know you're going to get up. <laughs> well, they know I, I'm the one who feeds them in the morning too. So yeah. Yeah. It's just... I love my pets. I do. But it's so frustrating sometimes because I'm like, you have to leave me alone. I have like, I'm trying to sleep. But anyway, we, we have cats. We love our cats, right? <laughs> we definitely love our cats. Um, so I was just sent this text message. I'm going to share with you guys because it's Dawson's Creek, like Dawson's Creek related. Oh, um, and it says uh, my fall plans. And it's a picture of Dawson and Joey being all cute, all nose to nose. And then it says, <laughs> 
And then it says the Delta variant and it's a picture of Pacey. <laughs> it's really funny. So like, I, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, um, that's funny. You, like, you won't be able to see it, but. No, yeah, I can. I it's know. It looks perfect. I can see it. I'm meant for our listeners that are like, yeah, I can totally see that, Jane. Yeah, of course. No. <laughs> that's um, so funny. Oh, we should post it on our, um, as a uh, story. That's hilarious. Just give the person credit. Yeah, I can definitely, I'll send it to you. I love it. Oh, we're going to see it all over Instagram watch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it'll be all over the the fan sites. No doubt. I'm starting to get, I have to tell you though, I because I keep seeing all these funny memes about my fall plans and then the Delta variant. It's starting to freak me out because like when coronavirus was happening, I was like, it's not like a big deal. And then, because I don't worry about things until like they happen. I'm like, I'm not somebody who freaks out, but this is starting to freak me out because I know what happened already. And uh, like I'm vaccinated and everything, but I like still wear my mask out and I am afraid to even be in like crowds. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just is scaring me a little bit. So I just hope that we don't balance that difference. Yeah. It's, it's like hard to balance that though. Cause it's, where do you draw a line between living and being safe? You know what I mean? Cause yes, I want to be safe. I want to wash my hands. I'll social distance. If I need to wear a mask, wherever I am, I will. Um, but at the same time, I don't want that to prevent me from living my life, but you know, neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway. Episode, right. We're on season one, episode six, and this one's titled baby, baby. <laughs> my baby. The crying kind. I can hear him, Stephen. I can hear him crying downstairs. Oh, I heard him. Oh, he made it up. Hi, Willie. So we're on season one, episode six, titled Baby. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, it aired February 24th, 1998, directed by Steve Miner, written by Kevin Williamson and John Harmon Feldman. So um, the other thing I noticed noticed about this episode was that it was all within one day it was all one day of their lives it wasn't like stand out because i was i watched it twice like i watched these episodes twice because i want to watch it and then i like get a better understanding of it and then i take my notes but um i said oh wow i don't think i've seen one where it was just like the span of one whole day it was it was interesting um yeah yeah i liked it i it wasn't like my favorite episode. I do remember watching this when I was a kid uh, back then and thinking uh, it was like an okay episode. It didn't like do that much for me, but watching it now, I, I did like a lot of like the stuff between Jen and Grams and um, their dynamic and, you know, with her and her religion and all that stuff. And um, I like that. I like that Dawson wasn't like such a big part of it. This episode. <laughs> And I have to say, I, I'm not like this huge fan of Bessie either, but uh, I thought uh, she, Nina Repetta did a really good job this episode. She was, she did a really good job pretending to give birth <laughs> and um, she was really good with the, the snarky dialogue between her and Joey and with her and Grams. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But um, all right. So we open up with Dawson and Joey uh, on his bed together on movie night. They're just finishing watching a movie. It says the end on the screen. 
And Joey gets up to leave and he's like, where are you going? And she says that Bessie's almost due. She should really leave. And um, he says they always watch two movies together on movie night. And she says, well, there's a first time for everything. Then the camera pans over to the opposite side of Dawson's bed. And we see Jen sitting there in a chair, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because that's his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Joey and Dawson are sitting together on the bed. Like it made me laugh. So, so yeah. So then Jen says uh, it's a night of first all around. And so Jen's, makes it very clear that she has intruded their movie night ritual and Joey's is uncomfortable with her being there. She clearly doesn't want Jen to be there. And um, Jen says that she'll leave instead because once she sees, once Graham sees that Joey left, Jen will have to leave. And then Joey says, well, I don't want to ruin your night. I'll like, you can stay it just turned into this whole, if I stay, you have to go, if you go, kind of whatever. And Dawson is like, why can't we just stay and watch a movie? <laughs> like, why are you making this into such a big deal? And they end up both just uh, leaving. He says, the only thing that's going to happen is basically you both leave. And then they both say, good night, Dawson, and leave. And um, that was the end of that. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was really interesting because in the beginning... Joey seems like she's being responsible. Oh, Bessie's due in less than a week. So I really should get home and be with her. And you're like, oh, you know, that makes sense. And he's going on about how it's only one movie and we watch at least two. And I have this entire stack. He literally has like a stack of like four movies sitting on his bed. Uh Um, And then it pans into and it does pan out, you know, and you you see that Jen is also there. And I thought that was really funny because you've got, you know, Joey and, and then you've got Jen, his girlfriend, sitting on a chair, which does not look comfortable. Like no, next to the at bed. All. <laughs> at all. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if that's the case, give me like a beanbag chair and a pillow or some blankets. And I'll just sit on the floor. At least I could stretch out then, you know. Um, it just it does really, look, look I don't awkward. even I don't even like a beanbag chair. <laughs> no. It just, it just looked awkward. Jen being there just looked really, really awkward and and that's pretty much what happened. Joey is like, well, I got to leave. And Jen's like, if you leave, then I have to leave because I'm intruding and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, Dawson's pretty much like, so it really only comes down to one solution. And both of them are like, bye, Dawson. Good and night. then turn in opposite directions and leave at the same time. So it's, yeah, it's funny. Uh, the other thing I noticed was that they updated the posters on his wall this time. And now we see the screen poster with the Drew Barrymore face on the, the back of his bed on, on the wall. I, I, I do remember seeing that when I was, when I was a kid and, and thinking, Oh my God, like they're doing it again. They made all the references in the other episode and they had the, I know what you did last summer poster and now they're doing with scream. And um, yeah, I was like, I can't even explain it. I love those little touches. The Easter and eggs. I, yeah. I love it. It's yeah. just, I, I sound like such a, like a nerd, but it makes me so happy when I see them. No, I think that a lot of people don't notice those things. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people also do. There's people out as obsessed about Dawson's Creek as we are. So I think it's awesome that you notice them because you notice those things specifically more than I do. I notice like the dumb stuff when <laughs> one, one 
one shot they have a hat on and the next shot the hat's facing the other direction or it's on one side and then in the next shot the cup's on the other and you don't see the person moving it or something is there and then it's like I noticed the weird oops that probably shouldn't have been there uh and you notice the um the easter eggs having to do with the director and other movies that he's done what's really interesting to me also about this scene and I know I say that a lot but with Jen and Joey the last couple of episodes we really kind of saw them bond and it's like we took one step forward and now we're taking two steps back because now it's back to being awkward again. Yeah, I thought uh, the same thing. Yeah. They're never they're never in like uh like a good space. There's always gonna be like tension because it's and it's always on Joey's end. It's yeah. never gonna be Jen because she's trying oh. so hard. But yeah, there's always that tension between them. And um yeah, I, I noticed that too. They 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 get close and then the next episode she's like Ugh. they're almost like frenemies at this at this point. Yeah. Did you ever have a frenemy? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I've had people who supposedly were my friends be nice to my face and say stuff behind my back, you know. But here's the thing with that, and I'll tell all of you guys that too. It comes back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> yeah. It does. Karma will get you. All right. Don't do that. Don't talk behind people's friends like their backs. If you don't want to be this person's friend, don't be this person's friend. Just don't be fake. But yeah, whatever. On to bigger, better, and happier things. Not to care <laughs> less about the person. So goodbye. Yeah, um, I had um wait, I had a I had a friend of me. We used to work together at my old job. And um I didn't hate him and I didn't like him. And I know he felt the same about me, but he was also younger than me. And I always just thought he was so irritating. But like when we would be in group situations, like he would be okay. But there was always something that just like irritated me about him. And um, I remember one time he, we were all out at like a football Buffalo wing night or whatever. And we're like sitting in the bar, like all hanging out. And I wasn't even saying anything about him, but he must've got like the feeling like I just really did not like him. And he said something like out loud to me in front of everybody. Like, yeah, I know. I know you're, you're talking like shit or whatever. And I was like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> like, I, I really don't like you that much, but I'm not saying anything, but I don't, I don't know if, if I put, if I like put that out there to like, let him know, but like, he wasn't always that nice to me either, but I thought that was funny. Like when I thought a friend of me, like that's, he's always the first person that comes to mind when I think about that word, but um, I don't know. He's not, I mean, I, I'm not like friends with him today. He's uh, when, if I ever see him out, which I very rarely do. Um, I'm always like nice to him. Like what am I, I'm 41. What am I going to do? Like <laughs> be an asshole. <laughs> well, some people just vibe real well and some people don't. And yeah, the energy you give off and Steven, I love you, but you wear everything right on your face. <laughs> I, know, I know. Everybody says that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hide your, your feelings very well, especially at first. Like you might school it, but usually it's a minute too late. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, awesome. Cause you're genuine about it. You know what I mean? You are, who you are. And that's, that's what it is. That's, that's all I can be, but you're not the first person to say that to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. One one time when I was at um, I worked another job in the in the morning and uh, I was with my friend uh, like we were working like uh, behind like the customer service and this lady who I did not like she actually used to work with my grandma and I love my grandma so much this woman came up to me at my other job and asked me if 
she said, how is your grandmother? Is she still alive? That's what she said to me. I said, what? I said, first of all, who asks that? And I like, I didn't even want anything to do with her after that. So I'm at my other job with my friend and we, and I see her walk in and I must've just gotten like this, like you said, cause my friend goes, <laughs> she goes, the lady, well, the lady comes up to me and she starts talking to me and I was just real short with her. And after she left, my friend goes, Steven, you could tell you did not like her by the look on your face. As soon as she walked in that door, I was like, well, she's a fucking asshole anyway. But I said, I can't help it. Like it really, I really can't help it. And um, I don't know. I guess it is a good thing. <laughs> at, least you, at least you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Right. So whatever. So um, um, anyway, <laughs> for, for this episode, I actually learned something new. My fun fact, I forgot about it. I guess it's like relearning because we've already seen this episode before, but uh, fruit bat gestations, two months. Could you imagine just carrying and growing a child in your womb for only two months instead of like the nine or 10 or whatever, like two months. Anyways, I thought that was really fascinating. So that's Jamie. my fun fact today. Wait, when I heard that, when Bessie says that line, I said, oh, I feel like Jamie would like that. Would she would think that would be interesting? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, fucking bats are so disgusting. Because <laughs> I think you sent me a thing one fruit time bats about bats. So <laughs> no, but they're fruit bats. I like bats, okay? Just stay away from the guano and you're good. <laughs> no, we had a bat fly in our apartment through the air conditioner one morning. And it was like a comedy scene. It was so freaky. And I don't even want to get into it, but uh, yeah, it kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I, like ugh, I don't, they're disgusting. <laughs> um, Bessie is a super big handful in this episode. She yeah. is a handful. She's hormonal. She's uncomfortable. She's in pain. I mean, I've never had a kid, but I feel like, and I completely agree because I'm bringing back what you've said earlier in this episode, at least from what I can tell being you know this far pregnant you know what i mean she's yeah. right pop after the opening with the jan arden song <laughs> i'll never get over it we get another song which is part of my dawson's creek soundtrack called sitting on top of the world by amanda marshall it's playing over the the scenic clips of the of the town um we're in bessie and bodie and joey's little shack that actually looks a lot bigger than it did the last episode it actually looked nice i was like oh it kind of looks cute now i kind of i feel bad for what i said it's all in the angle of the camera yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they had all like mismatched furniture which looked kind of cute i don't know um bessie's sitting there complaining like you said she's like so uncomfortable she's ready to have this kid she's eating a lime green popsicle for breakfast and um joey comes down and sounds good to me that's, that's oh i know i would eat for breakfast <laughs> oh my god in the beginning of the pandemic i was eating like ice cream cones <laughs> yeah what, what did i have um oh gosh what is it it's uh colorful oh gosh help a girl out it's not ice cream but it's like ice cream uh sherbet it is like oh, oh, I don't like I love sherbet. I love sherbet. <laughs> Actually, it's, isn't it called sherbet? I call it sherbet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it either. I'm pretty sure it's got an R in it, like a second R. I don't know. I no, it's S H E R B E T. 
you're not the only one. I've like I've called it that my entire never. life. Sure, listen. Yeah. Okay, I have never actually read the label. I literally just see the container and it's got colors on it. I look at the flavors and that's it. <laughs> like what I don't flavors care. Do you like? Um, all of them, but the raspberry, the like purpley one, is probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Hmm. Maybe next time I go food shopping, I'll grab one and see if I like it now. Yeah, I'm really bad though. I literally, because I'm the only one that eats it. It's just me and Terry. So I literally will just eat right out of the tub. <laughs> oh, I do that too, Jamie. I don't care. Because I'll buy the kind of ice cream I like and I'll, he'll get the kind he likes. And I'm like, I, I don't care. It's my fucking ice cream. I mean, cream. if I'm not sharing it with anybody else, then yeah. why not just eat it out of the tub? Yeah, I'm like, I never have people over here. Really off topic this morning. I know. It's <laughs> this morning. This morning. <laughs> No, all right. I can't spell sherbet. Sherbet. <laughs> I'm gonna Google that later. And I don't even know what time of day it is. So it's, all right. it's fine. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out together. Anyway, so there's this whole setup with Bessie. She's ready to pop. Um, her and Joey are having the snarky back and forth. Bessie says a thing about the gestation period of a fruit bat. And you know, she says she wishes that she could just be pregnant for two months and that's it. And uh, that's when Joey walks in and says, uh, we're pretty sure you're 80% human. And that's when Bessie tells her, you know, uh, if you don't like it here, you can move out. You're considered an adult in most states. And they're like just being bitchy back and forth. She drinks a Diet Coke for breakfast, which I thought was uh, very noticeable. Um, Bodhi mentions that he has an interview for a French restaurant in another town setting up for what will happen later in the episode. And Bodhi's just letting Joey know, look, when she has the baby, she'll be back to normal. And Joey says, that's what I'm afraid of. (laughs) Now, we are in Jen's room. Grams is cleaning uh, up her room, pulling up her clothes. We see a pair of lacy black underwear, which if you've watched 10 Things I Hate About You, that means what? (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> i always think about this when i see black underwear i'm trying to like imagine exactly what she says but ooh, black panties she wants them to be seen or something like that and i just picture her she says them up she wants to have sex oh is that what she says yeah i thought like she wants them to be seen see it's been a, it's been a minute since i watched 10 things i hate about you either way it's freaking hysterical this is our second mention about that movie on the podcast so uh That'll be our reference point for some things. <laughs> but yeah, so Jen uh, Grams is like holding her, her clothes up. She throws them in her like drawer. And then she sees a calendar on the wall with half naked man or a naked man. And she's yeah. like, like disgusted. And um, Jen comes up behind her and tells her that um, it's, yeah, it's art. That some of the pictures are hanging up in art museums. And Graham says, in this house, we don't ogle naked men. And Jen responds back, no, we pray to them, right? And Grams looks like she's going to, like, lose her shit. I laugh. Like, I laugh. Mary Beth Peel's acting is, like, she's a theater-trained actress. Yeah. And um, I could tell how well she was in that scene, just the way she reacted to that line. But um, this gets into a whole conversation with the two of them about religion 
And Grams is like, whatever happened to that little girl that used to go to Sunday school with me every Sunday when you would visit during the summer? And Jen says, this is her dialogue. She says she carefully considered all possible religious scenarios. And with respect to those who believe in a godlike being, she respectfully does not. Simply put, she grew up. And Graham says, perhaps, perhaps she just thinks she did. And that'll all come back later to their conversation, like at the end of the episode and pretty much when Jen is assisting Graham's with the birth of Bessie's baby. I really like this interaction too, because in previous ones, I feel like Graham's and Jen were starting to kind of come to an understanding. The religious talk kind of, you know, became less and less. And it's the same thing with Jen and, and uh, Joey. Now we're Jen and Graham's, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And I struggled between these characters and they're still trying to, you know, push and then push back. There's still a lot of push and push back, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right. So now we're at Capeside High. Um, We see Pacey. Yeah, we're outside on campus. And we were actually at that location when we went. It's, oh, I'd have to ask my friend if she remembers, but I feel like it was just a bunch of old, uh, like, they're oh historical buildings i guess you could say they were you basically used just as the exteriors and um we didn't really go in the buildings when we were there we just we took pictures outside of them but yeah i thought it was interesting because there's there was like a bunch of them that all looked exactly the same but we see pacey having a conversation with tamara in public at her car yes so he's talking to her about wanting to take her out on a date right to take her to the movies and to dinner in Providence and she doesn't really respond. No, yeah, she doesn't give him a yes or a no. This interaction is gonna really start to hit ahead because Pacey's getting more bold in his uh-huh. communicating with her. It's not just off campus, you know, across the street from his employment place of employment, you know, at that cafe. Now it's at school and not, you know, after class type thing, but literally in the morning before class at her car. In public with students milling about. I mean, nobody's right next to them. So it could be any type of interaction as far as they can see. But I mean, she's smiling at him and he's, Pacey is not uh, like a, he's, he, he doesn't hide things very well when it comes to this with her. For some reason, I feel like Pacey's still very obvious if you know how to look. Yeah. Um, but he, he's getting more ballsy and more bold in approaching her and trying to have an actual relationship with her especially one that teenagers of his age are used to having where they hang out all the time and they go out to see movies and they go out to dinner um you know and, and they have pda and and all all of these normal normal things i mean even in adult relationships these are normal things um and he wants that he cannot have that and he's still trying to get that in his own way yes exactly and um yeah the thing about this scene that kind of bothered me was that they are out in public with everybody in front of the school on school grounds and if i were walking by them i'd be like they're totally fucking each other like there's something going on with them there has to be because they're so obvious it's so funny that you say that because if i walked by them i probably wouldn't have noticed (laughs) i know you wouldn't have because you because you're so like 
so focused on like what's in front of you <laughs> you're like no thanks I don't care yeah. so <laughs> and I'm like so observant I'm like Jamie did you see that and you're like what no I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it's, like a, it's a blessing and a curse when I'm by myself I am observant I pay attention to what's going on around me you know because people are crazy and you never know if somebody's gonna just come up behind you yeah. and try to kidnap you or something That's different. Um, but like on a school grounds I mean the way my high school was set up you could literally walk outside between <clears throat> buildings to get from one wing to to another or you could walk throughout the school which would take longer because that's where everybody is um so when I have somewhere to be and I need to be there at a specific time, if I need to get to my locker, I'm not paying attention to my classmates or my teachers. I'm going from one spot to a next and that's where I'm going. Right. Um, I usually had headset, like headphones in, earbuds at the time, probably an iPod. Yep. No, it was an iPod. And so I'm, I don't hear people because, you know, I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a school. Now, obviously, if I was on a street or something, I don't do that because I need to be aware. Guys, ladies, if you're jogging through the woods and you got your earbuds in, do me a favor. Just pop at least one of them fuckers out because if you can't hear what's happening around you, that's not good. That's bad news. That's how shit happens, right? So just be conscious. Yeah, I've watched watched SVU. Yeah, (laughs) see? Special victim unit. Um, But yeah, I would have not noticed Pacey and Tamara. And if I would have, it would have been a glancing and I just, I wouldn't have thought anything of it unless they were like super, super close, which I didn't think that they were that close. They were still like a a semi-respectable distance. So I feel like they're always with each other though. So I don't know. It's to me, it's just very obvious. But we're also watching this fucking show. So. Yeah, right. They, they, they make us see what they want us to see, and then we take it as we will. After um, that, where are we? We end up at the bathroom are, with Dawson and Pacey, right? Yep. Pacey's uh, peeing in a urinal right in front of Dawson, which is my uh, fucking biggest nightmare in my life. <laughs> I have, um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think I've even told you this when I would come down and visit you. And uh, I'd be like, I, I can't go in because there's a hundred fucking people and they're having a party. Like, I can't go to the bathroom right now because there's so many people in there. <laughs> and you'd be like, well, just wait. <laughs> but I mean, can you use the stall? How many stalls does, does the bathroom do you need to use a urinal? If you need to go to the bathroom and no, I just get like, seen? Jamie, it's a problem. I so Howard oh. Stern actually talks about the same thing. He gets camera shy. I get such camera shy when I'm in the bathroom or like, I am so happy when I'm by myself. And then like, if I hear somebody come in, I'm like, Oh fuck. Like just, I got to pee. Like I have to let it out. But I, I like, I hate urinals. I hate like having to go to the bathroom in public. I'm, I just think going to the bathroom is such a private thing. And uh, I mean, obviously we're human. We have to go when we have to go. And, uh, you know, there have been those situations where I'm like, uh, I gotta go <laughs> and I just don't care, but it's all mental with me. It's all crazy. I used to like, we would go to the bar when I was younger and when I was younger, when I was in my twenties and, uh, the bar that we would go to, the bathroom was so tiny. The men's room, there was like two urinals that were super close to one another. And then there was like a toilet right in the, out in the open, which was so weird to me. So I, And there would always be a line. I would go outside and pee behind the bar and they'd be like, oh, where's Steven? Oh, he's outside peeing. Like they always knew where I was because I'm like, well, one, I'm not waiting. And two, it's always fucking crowded. Like I can't pee. And then like I get nervous because like somebody's waiting. So now they're like, what are you doing? It's all in my head. (laughs) I don't like I don't have a really good stomach. I have, you know, issues. So 
I don't really care if people are in there or not. And I have to blow up the bathroom. I got to go. I got to go. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, The only thing that I have problems with is like, um, I have to be comfortable. So I can't, when you're outside, I can't just squat. Like some women are really good at just kind of squatting and doing their business and going. I can't do that. I need to be sitting. I need to be kind of relaxed or like propped up. Like (laughs) I, I can't. In order, I don't know. So, sorry guys if this is like too much information. <laughs> poop talk, poop talk, talking poop about, talk, poop. Talking about poop, right? So, um, I mean, emergencies, if you gotta go, you gotta go, but I really, I need to be like, I gotta sit. I gotta sit. It's not even like, I don't care who's around me. I just gotta sit. <laughs> I just, I just thought when I saw that scene and he's literally taking like peeing in front of his friend in the urinal, which is fine. Like it's totally, it's totally normal. But to me, I was, I felt in my stomach, the anxiety when I watched this, I said, Oh no, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be like, I gotta go. And even to this day, when we're out together, like if we're like, if we're away or we're out at a bar together, um, me and Justin, I'll be like, I gotta go to the bathroom and he'll go and he'll like wait with me. And like, cause he knows what's up. Like he knows yeah. what's happening. My brother, Rich used to do it all the time too. when we would go out. Cause he would know that I would get, get like this. And he would just wait. He would wait for me. And I'd be like, thank you. Thank you for waiting. <laughs> like they all know my problem. <laughs> the scene, the scene was really interesting. See, I didn't really, it's not uncommon or weird for me to have like a friend in the bathroom with you while you go. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I think it's more common for girls. It, oh, it definitely is. Um, with this one though, you've got Dawson and Pacey and Pacey's talking to Dawson about him, you know, asking Tamara basically on like an official date and she didn't say yes or she didn't say no. And then after they have this conversation, he then, then decides to go look underneath yeah. the walls. That was your first mistake. Yeah. You should have probably checked that shit first and don't look under the stalls. Push on them. <laughs> Do both. Well, the thing. On Who's in here? The thing that bothered me about that was that, yeah, he didn't, he didn't check first before. Like he's running his mouth talking about, yeah. you know, and oh, then the other thing he said that cracked me up was that he said their relationship is going to be, be changed. It's going to change once he gets his learner's permit. Like she's going to be all over him, I guess, when he gets his fucking permit, which cracked <laughs> me up. But yeah, you know, maybe yeah, he, he, you know, was dating somebody from high school. <laughs> yeah. Like that, because that's his mentality. It's right. so, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, he go, he's saying all this stuff and then he goes and he checks the stalls and, you know, just to be safe. And then we see this kid smoking in the stall, which, okay, it's, it doesn't make sense, Jamie. They would have smelled him smoking in the bathroom and they should have had him doing something else, like rolling a joint or something, but it didn't make sense to me because he was literally smoking. They would have smelled it and seen the smoke and, like, or maybe they could have had a scene where he like confronted the kid or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I watched it and I said, oh no, they fucked up there. It doesn't make any sense. Cause yeah. look, I can smell my neighbor smoking yeah. outside from my kitchen window and it's disgusting. They're in a tiny bathroom in school and this kid is smoking in their vicinity. Like there's, there's no, there's like no real ventilation. No. It's like there's like an exhaust fan pulling it out. You know, there's, there's none of that in there. We don't see any smoke clouds and the entire time this is happening. And when you realize that there's a kid, you know, in the stall 
literally propped up on the toilet so you can't see his legs when you look under smoking a cigarette and the only thing i could do is you know smoking ain't allowed is <laughs> you know the smoking in the boys room song yeah no singing again because you cut out no, it was it was a one and done thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to edit it together then. Um, um, good luck. <laughs> so so yeah, um, Dawson basically tells Pacey like, "Be careful, you know, just be careful what he says." And Pacey says, "Don't worry," which are like you know famous last words. Don't don't don't. Um. So yeah, you see this guy whose face is like oh shit you know and the rumor mill has begun and i mm-hmm. am super impressed on how fast these rumors i know <laughs> super super impressed okay everybody knows i mean i know it's a small town and everybody knows everybody but it's like they're not really broken up by clicks the way that i'm used to you know what i mean so like most people don't really talk to each other it's not like they had social media like that back I know, then in yeah. the 90s so, yeah, like who the fuck did this kid know that he was telling? He told one person, that person told one person, that person told a hundred, and it even got to Doug, his brother Doug, getting his haircut. Yeah, and all this happened in one day. Yeah, to, that's right. To the haircut, it's it was um it was it, it was an impressive rumor mill, that's for sure. They don't have text <laughs> messaging, right? They don't have text messaging. They don't have Facebook. MySpace wasn't a thing at the time. No. Like, there's no social media. There's no easy way to do it unless people are emailing each other through the school computers, maybe. But yeah, it was kind of uh I'm impressed. Small town, but I'm still impressed. It was it, it was kind of silly though the way they made it blow up as fast as they did, but. It was good for the storyline. So we don't hear the first thing about a rumor until Jen actually confronts Dawson because Jen heard it before Dawson did. So Jen runs up and she's like, did you hear about the rumor? And Dawson's like, what? And uh, Jen's like, yeah, so it's about Pacey. (laughs) And he's like, oh, fuck. I know Mm -hmm. what you're going to say. And I really, I really like the interaction here, though, because Jen straight up, you know, because Dawson's kind of acting a little cagey now. Uh, and she's like, wait, is the rumors true? And he's like, I don't want to lie to you. So don't ask that question. Yeah. But I, I liked that interaction, even though at the same time, like, how do you how do you go around that? You don't want to lie to her, but you can't give her the answer. But if you say nothing, you know, it's pretty much admitting the truth with lack of. Yeah, words. he could have so- told her. I mean, I'm, you're right. It's it is Jen, though he did promise Pacey, so I understood, you know, his need and desire to hold on to that promise to his best friend that he's had forever too, because that's what he is. Pacey and Joey are both Dawson's best friends. So I mean, like, I don't know. How would you guys handle it? You know, like, how would you handle being confronted about a rumor on a secret about your best friend? To somebody that you're dating, for example, and you don't want to lie to the person you're dating because you were dating that person, you like them, but you don't want to betray your friend's trust. How do you handle that? Well, I tell Justin everything. (laughs) I mean, but he's my partner of 15 years. So like if somebody tells me something in confidence, I mean, I have to tell somebody and I tell him because I know he's not. First of all, he doesn't care. And second, he's not going to tell anybody. And um it's just easier, but I can keep a secret. If somebody tells me not to tell somebody something, I'm not going to tell anybody. I, uh, I, I mean, I will tell him, but that's, it. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, Oh my God, Jamie told me something today at work. Oh my I, And he's like, who's Jamie? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about high schoolers, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's a little different, I guess, as opposed to a partner that you've had for 
you know, a long time or years, you're talking about somebody that you've only met for a couple of months, right? You're dating this girl that you like, you only just started dating her, you still don't know her that well, but you like her, but Pacey being your best friend has a secret and how do you, you know? Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny that you said that because I feel like we're on episode six Mm -hmm. and the way that their relationship has evolved into what it is. You would think they've been like dating for like 20 years. It's crazy because he's so into her and it's so deep and dramatic. And, you know, I don't know. The other thing I wanted to mention was that Dawson mentions that his parents are away at a couple's um, therapy. Yeah. Like couple's therapy retreat thing. Yeah. Um, Because I I, I couldn't, I didn't know what he said. I kept rewinding it. So we're back in the hallway. Oh, did you want to add something? No, I was actually just about to say, yeah, we end up in the hallway. Joey comes up to Dawson and uh, Jen about this issue. And then, like, you know, I don't even, they don't get a lot, like, too much to say before you see Pacey coming down the hallway. Yeah. And everybody's looking at him. He's kind of oblivious. He has no idea right now. Walks up to him and literally tells him, like, secretly, yo, do you know about this rumor? And I really, I just wanted to comment on this because... From what we can gather, we don't know this person, right? They're yeah. not part of the friends group. So for a person who is outside of that friends group to literally walk up to you and be like, hey, there's a secret, you know, going around about you. I feel like you should know. I just want to commend that particular type of person, you know, because it takes a lot to walk up to somebody that you don't know that well, that you're not really friends with. You probably don't speak to on a daily and, you know, tell them by the way, are you aware that there's a rumor going around that you and Peter are banging, you know, like, um, it's not coming from a friend. It's coming from a random stranger. I mean, as far as we can tell, she's a stranger. I've never seen this, this character before. This person. No, she's not a character. So in my, when I saw it, I said, oh, well, that, uh, background actor got really lucky to be able to do that in that scene because she, she was in two scenes. Um, she was in one later where she, like, uh, she turns around and she looks at Pacey again. But yeah. I said, wow, she got really lucky. But let's just pretend they're in like biology together and they're biology partners. And this girl has like a good friendship with him in school. And she was like, I need to tell Pacey because look, I have, we have a biology uh like lab do and he's like 50% of it. I don't need his head all fucked up with this. We got to get this done. I want him to know so that, you know, we can get through this biology lab because I can't fail <laughs> that type of thing. Um, but I mean, that, that totally makes, that makes sense. That's probably what they were going with it. You know what I mean? That they had class together. They were a partner or, you know, they're friendly in, in the class. It's just that we don't have that background to really say or not. And I just thought that was really odd. Well, I also thought it was, I also thought it was the direction because they wanted the reaction of our other three main characters. Yeah. Watching Pacey. Find out the truth. Yeah. So I thought that was also smart. But the other thing that I really liked about this scene with this background actor was that she had the same Jansport backpack that I had in high school and that I still have to this day. (laughs) My sister Bettina always goes, uh... I cannot, because I always bring it to the beach and stuff. She goes, I cannot believe you still have your backpack from high school, your school bag. And I'm like, it's a Jansport. It's an original Jansport. You know how how much those things are now? Like, they're expensive. Awesome. Yeah, I had one and it started falling apart. (laughs) Used it so much. Yeah, the top, like the top, the first uh, zipper part, it, uh, 
it's getting a little raggedy. I have to like put a patch on it or something, but I love it. I'll never get rid of it. Um, the other thing I wanted to notice before we move on is when the camera zooms in on Pacey's face, all I thought of was how Joshua Jackson was only 19 when he did this. And his face is so chunky compared to now, obviously. But I, I was like, wow, he looks like a, like he's got like chipmunk cheeks. He looked like he looks like a child to me. That's all. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I did a happy dance during this because it was only a matter of time. <laughs> oh my god, you're obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's okay. Now Dawson and Pacey are in a storage closet talking about, you know, who spread the rumor. The kid's name was Kenny Leverton. Pacey says it makes sense that this would happen since everything was going so well in his life. And Dawson tells Pacey that it's not that bad. And he says it could be worse, basically. And Pacey says he just hopes the rumor didn't get back to Tamara. And Dawson tells Pacey that it's all in his hands and he can control it. And if he just walks out there in front of everybody, in front of all the other kids and his classmates and pretends like it's not bothering him, like nothing happened, it'll be dead by six period. So Pacey gets excited and says, I can do this. Yeah, he proceeds to leave. How do you feel about this piece of advice that that Dawson gives Pacey about how to handle this situation? I feel like I would say the same thing. I would console my friend, but I would be like, I wouldn't make them feel stupid because they're both kids, but I would be like, you also put yourself in a situation that that you're in and you're talking about it in public. I Like I said before, all secrets come to light eventually. And he did it to himself, basically. But nobody else knows it. Like they're like deny and deny, <laughs> deny. Like the kid is apparent. like to me, the kid is like a stoner. Okay, so he's the stoner kid in high school. People don't take him seriously. If he just walks out and acts like this kid is just a fucking liar and it's there's no truth to it, he could totally get past it and just deny it. Like, right. that's what I would do. I would just, I, I would mean, tell him the same thing. Just pretend like nothing happened and, you know, go out there and, and pretend like nothing's bothering you. As a, as a person who has been teased in school, um, I probably would have said something very similar to that effect because I feel like it's similar to handling rumors <laughs> um, in, in a sort of way. Like for me, I would, you can't really own up to it, but depending on what it is, I would, I would own up to it. In this particular case, they only think it's a rumor. They don't know that it's the truth. Right. So if you kind of act well saying, be like, wait, they're saying what about me? No, that's definitely not right. Then he can get that handled. What I don't really, what I didn't really see too much in this episode, though, was damage control. You just see Pacey, you know, and Dawson leave the closet that they were in. And Pacey just kind of struts down the hallway. And that's really it. And he, I just, I don't think that he really portrayed what he was trying to give off. And it's hard. I totally get it. But I feel like he probably should have had conversations with people, not just ignored it. Maybe talk to other people that he's friendly with and be like, yeah, I heard those rumors, but you know, that's bullshit, right? I don't even know where the rumors really came from. I'm just talking shit, you know, <laughs> like, I feel like he didn't, I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I don't, we don't really know what, how Pacey's classes went aside from this, uh, this next scene coming up. I don't know if he tried to do any damage control or if he just kind of stuck his head in the sand and waited, wanted to get through it. I don't know, but I just feel that it's an interesting, <laughs> I say interesting a lot. I know guys deal with me. <laughs> But no, I think he was just doing literally what Dawson told him to do. 
but he, you know, when he turned that corner and he looked like, I can't do this. It's because he, one, he knows that it's true. And two, he's probably thinking, how am I going to get through this? I'm going to have to explain it somehow. Like maybe he isn't telling anybody, but for me personally, I would just be like, but I have to think about it back in like a 15 year old mind. I'd be terrified. First of all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, uh, like I, I wouldn't even be able to lie, but now I would just be like, first of all, it's none of your fucking business. And two, like, do you really think I'm having sex with my teacher? Like right. I would like, you just have to make that person sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. You gotta so, gaslight. Yeah. I don't know. It just, take, take the you focus know. off of you and put it on something else. Um, exactly. So the next scene that we have, you know, they're in class and there's just, there's just comments. People are talking under their breath, making comments. Uh, the guy that sits behind Pacey asked him if she, basically in a nutshell, if she was real or not, as far as her boobs, that's what I was getting out of it. I didn't. Yeah. He says, are they real or, uh, uh, settle it better. They real or silicone. Silicone. Yeah. And Pacey doesn't say anything. He's just no, embarrassed. He doesn't. He's very embarrassed at this point. And Tamara, I think, did a really good job. Just be like, all right, guys, settle down. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, chill out. And I don't think it really clicked for her until the end when she's like, okay, now where did we leave off? And they said, um, forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit. Uh, what? I, yeah, because of the book that they were talking about. She was and talking it, about Romeo and Juliet. Mm hmm. And I think it's just the way, because she's the first person to say that phrase, forbidden fruit. That's what she referred to it as, whatever they were about to review for that book um, or play in this case. And when he, the student brought it back up, forbidden fruit, maybe it was just the way he delivered it, but it was enough for her to just kind of look at Pacey and be like, fuck. Mm -hmm. But she, I feel like she hit it pretty well. She hit it pretty well. Well, she, we kind of see her look at him at the end, like, yeah. what did you do? Like, right. What, like, what is yeah. going on? But yeah, the the uh, the comments in this the scene were uh, I thought were really spot on. I thought yeah. I liked the scene actually because it's embarrassing him, and like you said, she has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And um, it was so funny because at the uh, the end when she um, tells the one student that uh, he'll be held after class or whatever, and I I go, he's gonna say you promise, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, obvious, but. Yeah, it was um it's funny. I mean it was it's it sucks. It, it sucks for Pacey. Um, but it, it is funny if you're not in their shoes, because mm -hmm. otherwise that like anxiety and fear is gonna eat you alive. Like I I don't know how they kept it together throughout the entire school day. Um, but as far as those comments go with all of the students, that's like par for the course with, you know, group mentality and teenagers and making those comments and snide remarks and under the breath jokes. And yeah, yeah, it's high school. I, yeah, it's high school. Um, so it was a good scene. Yeah, it was. Um, so now we're with Pacey again, sitting on a bench near the harbor. Yep, and over. yeah, school's school's over. I had to like figure that out because uh just the oh, way that, really quick one minute yeah. it was the morning and then the next minute it was the end of the day and six periods over <laughs> yeah just like the way that the episode flowed with uh like the scenes you're like in the morning with them and then all of a sudden he's in english class and then you're like oh okay school's over so um yeah he's sitting there he's upset and uh joey walks up and says hey jailbait 
And she tells Pacey, they have this whole conversation about how she understands what he's going through. And he says, you couldn't possibly understand what I'm going through. And she says, yeah, um, people talking about you behind your back, the whispers, paranoia sets in. And she says, just imagine if you did something worse. And he says, like what? And she says, like sharing a house with your pregnant unwed sister and her black boyfriend while your father serves time on a drug conviction. Imagine that, Pacey. We have something in common, providing gossip for the small-minded townsfolk. Unfortunately for you, you're tonight's top story. And he's, you know, asks her what. what he, yeah, it was really, I liked that uh, piece of dialogue from her. Um, but he asks her what he does now. And she says the same thing I did. Uh, Pray like hell, a better story comes along. And, you know, it's truth. This, this, this scene really kind of made me excited because they bonded. I thought it did. <laughs> they bonded on common ground. They were civil to each other. Pacey laughed a little bit. Like she got a little bit of a laugh out of him. Um, like he had a little bit of like a smirky smile and um, I did a happy dance. Yeah, I watched that when she sat down with him and they're they're talking and I said, oh, Jamie saw this and said it's like the beginning of their, you know, future. Not yet. And I still don't see it. I still don't see it. I don't see any chemistry between them at all. You will. (laughs) I just don't. We'll see. All right. So the next like I scene. said before with the chemistry thing, um, I didn't really notice it until that one episode that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, oh, right. But the one episode is when it really did it for me and we didn't get there yet. I cannot wait. Anyways, moving on. Dawson is walking Jen home. Uh, oh, she's yeah, complaining about Grams. She doesn't give her enough space regarding her own beliefs. And she says it causes her to speak emotionally rather than rationally, which reminded me of what you had said in like the first episode, you actually said the same thing. You said she's, instead of getting emotional, she's speaking rational. And now Jen is literally saying the opposite of what you said. It, I was like, wow, that's hilarious. That Jen says that they're stuck in this vicious cycle, uh, you know, with their belief system, with, you know, religion. And we see Graham's at the front door wearing this really like old lady house coat, which blows my mind because she's not even that old and you know jen says goodbye to dawson he doesn't really give her that much advice um dawson was just like an afterthought in this episode and you know she goes in the house and graham just says you know make sure you're washed up and ready for dinner by six this is when we cut to bessie in the truck she's stuck uh in the mud trying to get out and joey comes up and is like you know what's going on bessie says she was trying to go to the clinic and Joey says, I didn't know you had an appointment today. Bessie says she didn't. Her next appointment isn't until her due date on the 22nd. But she has a hunch that she'll have to reschedule. And Joey goes, why? <laughs> and Bessie says, because she's pretty sure she's in labor. <laughs> I am honestly, I really, I love Bessie in this episode. Right. So they're having this conversation. The truck is stuck. There's nowhere to to really go they don't have a vehicle right they're in the middle of the woods basically um yeah they really are they're literally in the middle of the woods in order to get to town and they can't and the only thing that joey can think of is her little rowboat and dawson's mm. house because dawson's house is the closest so yeah they oh their phone she wants an ambulance the phone doesn't work right 
Conveniently. Conveniently. And Bessie says the closest phone is at her friend Dawson's. And Joey says, well, the only way that the only way that we can get there is. And then we see them (laughs) rowing in her little rowboat. And this is the other thing that they messed up. The the sky is so dark. It looks like it's like uh, it's like getting dark out. But throughout the whole it's like daylight through the rest of the episode. But um. Yeah, she's like, Bessie, I'll get you there. Don't worry. I promise. And Bessie's like, uh, at this rate, we're going to have uh, I'm gonna have the, like the baby in the the rowboat or something like that. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. It is really funny. She's like, switch <laughs> with me. I'm going to row us out of here or whatever. Like, so she they literally switch positions on the boat. And she's like, you row like a girl and starts rowing. And you can literally see the boat really starts to pick up its pace. You know, Bessie's on a mission now. <laughs> and then um, and then Joey, Joey's like, oh, no, Bessie, I think I think the boat's you know, leaking or sinking or something. Like there's water in the boat and she's like, what does she say? It's um she it's says not it's the not boat. the boat. <laughs> it's not the boat. And that's all you hear. And it's like and the rest of us are like, oh man, her water broke. <laughs> like she, this baby's coming. It was really, really cute. She says, I thought you were supposed to be this great oarsman. And she goes, I'm gonna start calling you Josephine. You wrote like a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and I thought that was really funny. I, I really love Bessie in this Yeah, episode. I did too. I like their relationship. Yeah, me too. The other thing that I was curious to know was if it was really them in that rowboat. That's a good, I I don't know. I wonder if they were other, like, stunt people or, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, I don't know. I never even thought to think about that. Maybe we'll find out somehow. I'll have to figure out. Right? Any of our listeners, you guys, uh, if anybody's really good with like images, screenshot that, blow it up, see if you can see who's inside. It probably won't come out clear because we're talking about video from the 90s and it's probably going to be super pixelated. But Or we can find the actors. I I doubt Katie Holmes will ever respond to us if we tweet her or whatever. But Mm -hmm. um, we should find Bessie on social media. I think we follow her on one of them. And uh, tweet out to her and ask her. I'm, I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out. I hope she remembers. I'd like to know. Find out. But I just, I really thought that Labor Bessie was really funny. Yeah, she is. <laughs> She's really funny. Um, we're now at Dawson's. He's on the phone looking for Pacey. Joey runs in and says, her sister's about to give birth. And he's like, congratulations. And she goes, on your lawn. <laughs> So now they're all in the living room and Dawson is calling 911, I'm assuming. And they're telling him that they can't have an ambulance out there until like an hour because there was some kind of car accident or something. And uh, Bessie grabs the phone, the cordless phone, which is huge. And she yells at the operator, the 911 operator, and has this whole like dialogue with it. It was like one of those Kevin, very Kevin Williamsy speeches that a character gives. I don't know. That's all I could really think of. Like when when I heard her saying this dialogue, I was like, oh, you can tell that was something Kevin Williamson wrote. But she basically tells them to get somebody out there ASAP because she's going to have two 15 year olds deliver her her baby. <laughs> It's fun. And Joey goes, oh, terrific. I'm sure they're going to send somebody right away. It was really funny. Pacey and I have Pacey and Tamara. So they are talking about the issue. And this is when we find out that the faculty already knows. Mm-hmm. She said she was in the faculty room and 
they were the teachers were talking about it she's like it's only a matter of time before like if it, it goes up you know and up and up and up and it definitely does which we will find out soon but they they have this entire conversation and the end result is to break up she dumped him yeah he's you know he's he goes to her house to apologize and she basically says if this is your apology what does she say oh no she just says let's not have this conversation where you apologize to me and tend my wounded heart all the while not explaining why you're not to blame for opening up your big mouth which was correct you know i'm not on her side at all because she's she's the bad guy in the situation (laughs) Like none of this should have even happened, but um, she says there was only one boundary to their relationship, not sex, not intimacy that you don't talk about it. And she says she wonders if discretion is too much of an adult concept for a boy to grasp. And like you said, the, she says the faculty was talking about it and she's worried that the school board is going to find out about it now because it's a rumor that, like you said, uh, spread throughout the entire fucking town uh, like the plague. Um, so, yeah, then she says, I have a I have a concept for you that you might be able to grasp. Let's break up. And he's so- like, OK, I don't even think he believed her. I think he was just like, she's just angry. She's just angry with me. And she would get over it because he's 15. He doesn't get it. He thinks it'll just all be okay. But she's an adult sleeping with a child. (laughs) Like, I mean, if I heard that rumor, I mean, I would take it seriously. Like you do, you have to take that seriously. You have to, or you have to investigate it. Right. What what really uh, grinds my gears about this entire situation though, is, you know, once that rumor was out, it went throughout the entire town in under a school day. Right. Mm -hmm. So they really put a lot of emphasis on this. Now, with that being said, everybody knew about Bob and Gail, except for the immediate family. Yeah, that's a good point. How is it that you've got two people, you know what I mean, who seem to, for the most part, hide things really well, aside from the random make out in the driveway and the hallway, you know, towards the end of that, that whole shindig. But that is okay to not, you know, homewreck a family and and do anything but the fact that nobody put two and two together between pacey and tamara with all of their interactions inside and outside of school there was no rumors beforehand maybe it was because gal was being so obvious about it right well either they're really good at just flying under the radar yeah and then you've got you know two news anchors that are on the on the tv more but i mean all right so you got two adults who are doing things they shouldn't be doing and, you know, whatever, nobody's business, right? But everybody knows. But then you've got an adult and an underage child where this is clearly illegal and all kinds of wrong that nobody notices at all in this small town. There are no rumors until Pacey screws up. Yeah, it's a really good point. So, I I mean, when I kind of got to this, this episode... I really kind of realized, especially when you see how fast that rumor will, and then to the entire town, that there this, this didn't happen sooner. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is. It's interesting. Because anybody that would see the two of them, Pacey and Tamara, sitting together at a coffee shop, even just talking, or how often he's at her house, and I'm pretty sure she has neighbors, and how often they're talking to each other in school. Yeah. You would think people will put two and two together as it was look getting closer and you've got you've got 
Doug, you know what I mean? When we had the whole hurricane episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. He was Doug literally on top of her. <laughs> literally, they're rolling around on the floor. <laughs> Doug walks in and it's like, oh, I, I'm clumsy. I fell. And he's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. He's a freaking cop. Aren't cops supposed to be observant? Well, he's aren't, not. <laughs> aren't, aren't they supposed to, like, notice these things and pay attention to their surroundings and, like the people and their body language and like come doug must be the shittiest cop ever at cape side i'm just gonna say that right now he is the shittiest cop right you've got their parents or his dad right pacey and doug's dad's like the chief of police or something he's like he's been you know part of this it's in their blood right and then you've got doug who you know should probably know how to read body language and see when things are just not quite right i'm sure you know Growing up in a household where your your brother and your father are police officers, he probably knows how to get away with stuff. But um, at the same time, I, I don't know. I just I call baloney. Yeah, it was. It's a it's a, a weird um, comparison because well, not weird. It's just interesting how mm-hmm. one is so uh, different from the other when it's almost the same situation. What yeah. is the situation? I mean, yeah, it, it's just it's interesting. Exactly right to see how two different scenarios both equally well maybe not quite equally but both like not good situations like everybody knows nobody knows i just i don't know anyways <laughs> yeah no i i understand what you're saying um this um, is also the episode that i really realized just how pushy grams is with her religion uh-huh she is like those people that like to knock on your door and then don't go away She's very pushy. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's almost like a holy roller. Oh my God. I don't even want to get into it because I don't want to sound like judgmental, but like we've talked about religion before. I'm, I grew up Catholic. I'm not like a hardcore Christian who, you know, reads the Bible and all that stuff. I don't, I've never, I don't even think, I think I read it in grade school, but I don't even remember it, but I don't practice. Yeah. Like I'll go to church when I feel like I want to go to church, but I would never, ever, ever do what Grams did to Jen in this next scene where she puts the Bible in her drawer and like forcing it upon her. But I guess, you know, in Jen uh, Graham's head, she is trying to get Jen to see that there might be, you know, like maybe religion will help her, even though she is an atheist, but she's also not respecting Jen's decision and her beliefs by pushing it down her throat all the time. Right. And it's, um, it's not really fair at all. So yeah, it's, it, it, that's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. It's she's, everybody can believe whatever they want to believe. I have no issues or qualms about it, but I just don't, I would never push my beliefs onto somebody else. If that's not what they're into, I could just say, this is, if you're ever interested or you change your mind, you know, and you want to talk about it, you can approach me, but I would never just be pushy the way that she is with Jen. Yeah, I, I, it is a lot. And look, I think religion is, and how do I say this? Like religion and those like hardcore Christians, they're all very hypocritical to me. Like they really are. They believe in one thing. And if you don't uh, do the things that they believe, you're wrong. Do you know what I mean? So like, I know that there's like Christians that think being gay is terrible and you're going to burn in hell, but 
they can go and cheat on their spouse or get divorced and have like a baby out of wedlock and they're going to heaven, that type of thing. It doesn't make sense to me. I guess with some people in certain religions, it's only what's convenient for them. Uh I try not to be judgy as long as it doesn't affect my life. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't, I don't care what any, we talked about this before. I don't care what the fuck you do. It's not affecting me and you shouldn't care what I do because it's not affecting you. So don't worry. Don't like it. Don't look right. So, um, sorry. So the reason why we brought this up though, right. Is, um, Grams is talking to Jen about something and she's being pushy with the religion. Oh, she hands her a Bible. Doesn't she? Oh, we, yeah. So we were talking about, so we see Jen doing her homework and she opens up her drawer and there's a Bible. So she goes down and confronts Grams about it. And, Jen tells Grams that she needs to respect her boundaries and her beliefs. She says it's not just God that she doesn't believe in. She doesn't have faith in man much these days. And that was pretty much that scene. Um, Because we get uh, Joey knocking on the door. (laughs) And I like this. I like this scene. So um, we hear a knock on the door. Grams opens it. See Joey. Joey looks so mad that she's resorting to asking Grams for help. So this is her whole dialogue. (laughs) Cause I wrote it all down. It's great. All right. So she goes, look, I know you don't like me or approve of my family. And I know you can think of at least 80 reasons why Bessie and Bodie are the worst kinds of sinners. But right now, as we speak, my sister is sitting next door at Dawson's house, inches away from giving birth. And of those 80 reasons, I can't think of any that the, ba- that the baby's actually responsible for. So if you could remember that as a nurse, you took an oath to help others in need. And well, it'd be really nice. <laughs> And Grams is like, but yeah, (laughs) but she delivers her line so perfectly. I love it. Yes. Um, And Grams is just looking at her and you can't tell if she's like angry or upset or like get away from my house. But yeah, it's just, it was, it was funny. I the the whole scene was just really good between really two, two good actors. (laughs) I agree. Um, but the next scene, we see Pacey walking along the harbor when Deputy Dougie pulls up and he tells him that a guy was talking about a rumor about a kid sleeping with his teacher. Um, he says it couldn't be his baby brother. Uh, then the guy says the kid made it all up. So Doug asks him why he did it. Like, he's basically asking Pacey, like, why did you do it? He's not even like he's literally just blaming him right away instead of like saying, do you know about this? Like, what is going on? Yeah, he doesn't even give his brother the benefit of the doubt. And this, you know, again, plays into his reactions to, to Paisley during Kane when they're all three of them are kind of trapped in his house during the storm. The way he always comes down on Pacey. Pacey's the jokester. He's not good in school. He just does whatever Pacey does and he's unreliable and blah, blah, blah. And this is this is coming down to this. He's like, oh, Pacey, he wouldn't be having sex with a teacher. We're talking about my brother here. He's the, the class clown. You know what I mean? He doesn't have sex. Oh, he lied about it. Yeah, that sounds more like Pacey's style. And to me, again, Deputy Doug is not a very good deputy. He's just not a good... Um, He's not a good cop because, first of all, why didn't he put these two and two together? You had the hurricane where he walks in and these two are rolling around on the floor. And now this rumor comes out that those two are actually, you know, intimate with each other. It's like, huh, shouldn't I just be maybe thinking about this in a little different way? Wouldn't I want to come to my family member, my brother or whomever, and just be like, listen, 
I heard this rumor and now I'm starting to wonder, do you have something you need to tell me? Do you want to talk about it? You know, how can we go about this as adults? Let's, let's figure out this problem that my own family member is in, you know, and, and go from there. But no, he's like, oh yeah, Pacey, you totally lied about this. I know that the rumor is not true, but this totally sounds like something you would do. And I just, I don't know. He has no faith in his brother. He well, it has- says a lot about their relationship and how, you know, he's obviously older than Pacey. He probably bullied him his whole uh, childhood, like growing up. He thinks he's better than yeah. Pacey. And also, you know, because we know of what happens with Doug eventually, I feel like he also is maybe angry at himself because he's not being who he's supposed to be. But, you know, I mean, I don't know if he was playing it that way, but he is so hard on him. And instead of being there for his brother, whether or not he thinks of him a certain way, he just comes down on him and and it's like, well, yeah, that's what you do. That's just the kind of person you are. Instead of like, he's 15, he's immature. He's eventually going to grow out of it. Yeah, like give him the benefit of the doubt. And Pacey even says that to him. You know, he makes a, he actually makes a joke. Pacey tells Doug that um, he felt, well, well, Doug says, did you do it for attention? Were you bored? And Pacey says he thought it was up to him to let the town know that at least one person in their family was having heterosexual sex. <laughs> then he asks Doug if it ever occurred to him to defend and support him in this conversation. And Doug just laughs and tells him uh, that was deep. Then he mentions that the school board will be as moved as he was by his little speech. And Pacey's like, what? Like, what meeting? And Doug tells him that there are people in this town that are taking him seriously and that there is a meeting at the school board with Tamara and they're probably going to ask him to be there as well. And, you know, at the end, Pacey basically says, you know, after Doug says there are people in this town that take you seriously, Pacey says, "Uh, apparently you're not one of them, which says a lot about their relationship. It really does. Yeah. Um, it sucks yeah. when you have a sibling that you feel like you Can't they're not you. your they're not your sibling <laughs> yeah they're not yeah. on your side that's a terrible feeling yep. um but exactly right we we find we really get another look into the relationship between pacey and his brother and then we also find out that the rumor did what what it i guess needed to do and it went all the way up to the superintendent so it's uh about to get real for these two that was the other thing. I was like, it was just a, uh, it was just a little rumor at school, and then all of a sudden, it, it happened that fast during the day, like you said, hours away. Just they're like meeting hours. today. Get down here now to the town hall. <laughs> I was like, that I would mean, never happen. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, what? So the rumor happened in the morning, and we're talking. I was probably what five, four, five o'clock in the afternoon, probably when this happened. If they got out. At like two or three, most high schools are probably done around two or two or something like that. Right. So this is only a couple hours later because he's just wandering. He already had a conversation with Tamara. Right. So he's already been down there. Yeah. It's like getting close to dinner time. Yeah. And the amount of times he's back and forth at her house on the beach. Is he just sitting on the beach, like just waiting, like to talk to her? Like, I don't understand it because he doesn't drive. Like, how is he getting from place to place in, the, in this episode? You know where he lives. You know what I mean? Now that I really think about it, I don't think that we ever really see where Pacey lives until later. 
yeah. uh, when he has a birthday party, I think that's there. And that, that definitely happens way, way later. Um, and I remember the apartment that he shares with his sister. But I mean, I guess we have to keep it. This town's supposed to be really small. There probably isn't a lot to do. They got like a main drive, you know, and then the rest is just probably woods and whatever. And then the ocean, the waterfront. So wait, I totally forgot that he shares an apartment with his sister. Doesn't Dawson start dating the sister? Yes, later. The and uh, the what's her name? I know the actress. I don't remember what her name is. It Gretchen? Yes, it is Gretchen. <laughs> oh, I remember. That's really good because I I would never remember it until I heard her name. It is Gretchen. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, the actress. Um, her name is Sasha Alexander, and she's in college. She's older. Yeah, but I always was like, no, she's way older because she was in Kevin Williamson's show Wasteland that I talked about. It got canceled, and maybe that's why she started reoccurring on Dawson's. That's so funny. She's in a couple of things, but yeah, she's in a lot of things. We're way ahead of guys. Sorry, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't really know where he lives, and I don't think he really knows where he wants to go. Obviously, he's got a lot on his mind, and he doesn't want to sit in one spot. He doesn't want to hang out with his friends right now. He's got, you know, so he's just wandering around the beach. Maybe that's his that's his happy place. And I mean, it, it makes sense later in the life for Pacey because Pacey spends most of his time on a sailboat, you know, or yeah. on the beach or on the water. Maybe him just walking up and down the beachfront just kind of chills him out. Also, I wanted to say we went to that beach every time we went to North Carolina. Um, it was Wrightsville Beach. That whole bridge that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a bridge? No, it's Oh, I'm, I like see it in my head, but um, yeah, it's a pier. I remember the first year we went, um, me and my friend walked like the length of the, the whole beach because <laughs> we were like trying to get away from our other friend. But um, it's it's a really nice, it's a really nice beach. And um, it, when I watched this, it just hit me. I was like, oh, wow, I remember going on this beach like every time we went. It's it is really nice. Jamie, I really want to go back there just watching this. And I see on Instagram like all these people are like they still go and they do like the location um, scouting and they like take pictures and stuff. Let's plan it. Jamie, I think we should. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to go. Let's go. Yeah, it is. It is really, really nice there. Like I said, it's not like this hop in town. I mean, I don't know what it's like now because it's been years since I've been there. Um, But I do know that they're still filming things there. And, you know, if we do potentially go, we could possibly get background work on something that they're filming. I don't know. I'll have to look it up because I know that they still have the studio there. I know. Well, they just filmed Scream 5 over the pandemic. Um, They filmed that there. And I feel like they filmed a TV show there recently. I was going to say Riverdale, but it's not Riverdale. I think they filmed that somewhere else. Anyway, I'll find out. Anyway, we are back in Dawson's house. Yeah. (laughs) Dawson's house. He's trying to convince Bessie to let him film the birth since Bodie isn't there. Mm -hmm. And she says, okay, but I get final cut. In walks Joey with Grams. Bessie is not happy. Dawson starts filming and says, conflict perfect (laughs) like that was funny i thought that was funny well i mean Um, it it is really funny because that's all he ever looks for when he's doing uh any conflict (laughs) yeah as soon as bessie sees grams come in he's like oh my god i don't know i want this borderline racist woman oh she says oh man (laughs) 
Grams immediately goes to help Bessie, asking how far along the contractions are. And Bessie is so mad at Joey. Joey says she's a nurse. She can help. And Bessie says she's also borderline racist who hates everything about me and my boyfriend and our unborn child. And Grams just continues to get her stats. And Jen walks in asking if everything's okay. And Grams says, we're just having an impromptu home birth. Nothing to be concerned about. And Bessie looks at Grams and she's just being fucking bitchy this whole time. She says, you know, really? Because I've had, I've got a few concerns. And (laughs) Grams tells Joey, (laughs) this is, this is funny. Grams tells Joey and Jen to move the coffee table which is a wicker coffee table. They have two wicker coffee wicker tables. Wicker coffee table. Oh my gosh. So they, uh, they're they moving Bessie over to a wicker chair, which was probably even more uncomfortable. Uh, she's in a lot of pain. She tells Grams that she's totally against this. Uh, Grams calls Dawson Mr. DeMille and tells him to be useful by getting towels. Grams is trying to calm down Bessie. Joey grabs the pillows for Bessie's back. Graham says, thank you, Josephine. Joey goes to correct her and says, it's actually just Joey. When Bessie says, no, it's Judas, actually. <laughs> like, calm the fuck down, Bessie. This lady is here to help, really... give birth, help you give birth to your baby. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> like, she's not going to kill your baby. <laughs> I'm so impressed with Graham's professionalism. She's so calm. She's so professional. She doesn't even feed in to, you know, uh, Bessie's attitude. I mean, I'm sure she, uh, Graham's being a professional nurse for however X amount of years that she's been, seen 40, it all. She's 40 years. Years. Yeah, she's seen it. She's heard it. And she's aware of their history together. And she just is, doesn't even feed into it. When she's in nurse mode, she's in nurse mode. You know what right. I mean? She's she's calm and collected and very matter of fact. And you go do this. I need you to do this. You need to just shut up. <laughs> yeah, she um, was really good. Like giving, right. you know, delegating, giving orders and being focused at the task at hand because that was that's her job. Yeah, it was just a nice scene, too, with these two people who haven't really been nice to each other and not even like intentionally it's not even like they're being intentionally rude to one another it's like graham just has this strong belief about how she sees things and you know i don't i don't know i wouldn't even say she's racist i don't know she's opinionated she's very Um, opinionated yeah she's opinionated she's old school i guess in that in that regard um but it's really nice to see the contrast in her she knows uh when to bring up a subject and when not to bring up a subject because throughout most of the beginning of this episode we have her interactions with jen and it's religion and you know jennifer you know (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, you know so it's you know her just being like you know believe in this and do this and you know i remember this little girl who i used to take to you know sunday mass or whatever whatever they did whatever she said sunday school sunday school and you know what happened to that little girl and i grew up but for her to be able to we see this you know this interaction with them and you get kind of annoyed with grams at certain point because it's like all right back off and now we see her flip the other coin and now she's professional she she just knows when to pick and choose her battles she knows this is the environment that i need to be in and it's not about race it's not about religion it's not about this or that or marriage or 
whatever. It's about getting this baby safely delivered. And this is what I need you to do. Exactly. Um, so it was a great contrast, I think, between that. So we get to see different sides of Grams, but also get to see her have a more positive experience. Well, eventually a more positive experience with somebody who has, you know, they've been buttoned heads because of beliefs and, and everything. Right. So Grams is telling Bessie that she is going to make a deal with her as her attending nurse. She says Bessie may have an overwhelming outpouring of gratitude towards her once they're done, but she promises not to take advantage of her postpartum bliss and will resist any urge to bond with her over the shared experience of the event if she will do just one small favor in return. And Bessie says, what's that? And Graham says, shut up. <laughs> now, where are the towels? <laughs> I love it. I love You're it like, so much. Jesus Christ, Dawson, get the fucking towels. This woman's going to have a baby hey, where, on your where, couch. Where has he been? Like, come on, no, Dawson. I mean, he's busy watching videos of Jen. Oh, my God. Hey, pretty girl. <laughs> I want to know you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, man. Um, All right. We're at Cape Side Town Hall. Uh, we're at the big scene with the student school board or the school board meeting. Pacey goes up to Tamara and her attorney is there. And this made me cringe. This scene made me cringe. Yeah, a little bit. He, uh, oh my God. He goes up to her and he keeps like trying to like pull her over towards him i guess and he keeps calling her tam tammy tammy Tammy. that was driving me nuts yeah like you're proving that she fucked you like that they should not be on a nickname basis you've got a lawyer that literally stopped you he so he's walking up the steps to get to the floor that they're supposed to be on sees tomorrow sitting there on a bench next to a woman he doesn't know who it is fine oh Tammy, I need to talk to you. And this person literally is like, hold up, Mr. You know, Witter, I'm her lawyer. You cannot talk to her. If it were me and most normal thinking people, if there is a lawyer, that means shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have, I just, I don't understand. It. And he literally is just kind of ignoring the lawyer at this point. All right, I understand. But Tammy, can I talk to you? Tammy, I just need to tell you, like, I just need to, and you know, you're, you're, you're pulling out the nickname right? You should not be on a first name, nickname basis with your teacher. You were literally like, you hit the nail on the head. You were just giving yourself away. Oh, it bothered me so much. I was like, yeah, you're, you're just letting her know that you're letting this lawyer know that she is guilty of what they're accusing her of, but that just shows his immaturity and his age and he doesn't get it. He still thinks that they're in this like, you know, big time romantic relationship. And, you know, she could, she could get in like really big trouble because he ran his mouth and it's his fault. No, 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 it's her fault. fault. (laughs) What is going on? My mind is going in this other place. (laughs) because i don't have sympathy for her (laughs) and that honestly so what's really important i'm glad you said that is no she's a pedophile this is wrong there's no sympathy for her but it's it's literally how they've geared up this episode and how to portray it and even the way that they end the relationship when we get to that part it's so peaceful and and i mean I, i get it i guess for the times and everything like that but for the rest of us who really know what's going on we're like why isn't she in prison 
Yeah, they made her character very likable, which is frustrating. Yeah, I guess they did it for the reason because they don't want the audience to hate her. And, you know, they want the audience to root for him and her and this relationship, even though it's not supposed to be happening. It's um, it's a very weird situation because like when you watch other shows where they have this type of storyline, the teacher is so like sex crazed and like hungry and taking advantage. And it was almost like with these two, with Pacey and Tamara, like it was like supposed to be this romantic relationship that could potentially evolve into something. But in reality, she really is a pedophile. It's disgusting. Oh, anyway. I mean, Um, I guess because it's all about us outsiders, we definitely see this as an issue and it is an issue. uh, But to the people actually involved in the relationship, it's almost normal, right? They just have to hide it. Maybe that's where they were trying to find the balance. Yeah, I don't know. It's just um, very confusing (laughs) storyline sometimes when you're watching it. Because like I said, you do like her. She is very likable. And he's a very likable teacher. And he's very likable, but you're like, you're like, I don't like you because <laughs> you're gross. <laughs> um, not Pacey. No. Mara. Um, anyway, so the attorney tells Pacey, if you have to say anything to my client, you know, go through me. And he walks away and says, Can you tell Tamara that I'm sorry? And they cut to tomorrow and she looks like she believes him. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I also believe him. But again, when we really put this in a perspective of adults versus child, it should be her that should be apologizing even yeah. if he was the one that pursued her. But she flirted with him first. I'm not even going to go there. We yeah. were it's already a can of worms, Jamie. <laughs> Time to push. <laughs> it's already it's already a can of worms that we've opened up and we can't get them back in. So no, no. thankfully, <laughs> it's over at the end of this episode. So. <laughs> um, anyway, we're back at Dawson's, who is still filming the birth. Bessie is still screaming. Uh, Jen is now assisting Grams. And we see Joey sitting on the couch. She looks fucking terrified. Dawson zooms in with his camcorder. And on her face, she looks like she's gonna, like, cry or run or throw up. I don't know. She, her face, the lighting in this episode was terrible, by the way. She just looked really, really yellow. She, like, had jaundice or something. But she just looks really scared. Jen is counting Bessie's contractions. And she says they're 60 seconds apart. Grams tells Bessie to push. And Bessie goes, push what? And they're like, the baby. And Bessie goes, oh. (laughs) She's so out of it. You know what I mean? And she's having like a home birth without any um, uh, painkillers or anything. She's having like all natural birth. Completely natural birth. So she's got to be exhausted. And I mean... Kudos to all of you moms out there, whether you had a cesarean or you you gave birth and whether you've got, you know, uh, the injection and meds or you did it all natural, just in general, kudos to you because the, the amount of pain and stress and just overall whatever that we women put our bodies through in order to push a little human out and for any of you that especially do this all natural like with no meds nothing it just goes to show how strong our pain threshold it really is so men please keep that in mind we can take it you can't <laughs> it really is insane to think that when you really think deeply about it 
like how women have babies. It, I mean, it's such a crazy thing to think. There, there are times where I'm just like sitting and my mind like just wanders and, and like something like that will just pop into my head. And I'm like, wow, women just push a kid, like another human being out of their body. It is so weird. Yeah. We grows and grows and then develops, like we grow freaking organs, you know, (laughs) like That's crazy. Every, it's it's insane to to imagine that you know what what it is that our bodies can do. We're back at City Hall. Tamara yeah. is in the meeting now, and uh, the school board is saying that the reason that she's there is because of this persistent rumor that's going around. And we see Pacey enter the meeting without being summoned. They literally say to him, uh, "You're not to be here. We'll summon you." And he says, "Oh no." They asked tomorrow first that the rumors are true and she's about to like say something it almost looks like she's about to admit it and then that's when that's when uh pacey stops and says um you know let me just say this and i'll have you all home by dinner and they let him speak uh he tells them that he knows that the origin of the rumor was traced to him because look at him he's a c-plus student who sits in the back of her class wishing he were better looking more sophisticated and 15 years older he says he's flattered at how serious they took the allegations but they're just not true he just chalked them up to adolescent fantasy and the man leading the meeting says that for the record do you deny these allegations and pacey tells him yes he denies everything and you know she keeps turning around and looking at him while he's saying all this and she looks like she's about like her panties are getting so wet just watching him thank goodness that she wasn't facing like the judge or the superintendent or whoever it was that was sitting at the front there and like nobody important was behind her because the look on her face Oh yeah. She was like orgasmic. She's not, she was so proud of Pacey and the words coming out of his mouth and they were so well delivered and like adult. She just, she just could not contain it. Like, I just, I'm so glad. Well, I'm not even really glad. I kind of wish somebody really would have noticed, you know what I mean? The way that she was looking at him on Google eyed, because I was thinking the same thing. You were literally, you were life your future your job your reputation is on the line right now and you are literally making goo goo eyes in a room filled with people who are about to dictate what happens to your future you know and you're making those goo goo eyes to a 15 year old boy i was mad (laughs) she's like i cannot wait until you come back to my house oh my god if these people weren't in this room right now i'd have you up against that desk i'd ravish you Oh my God. Yeah. So she looks like she's about to just jump his bones and basically she's just let go. Everything's done. He admits to the rumors and she's set free. I thought it was weird. I mean, I understood why yeah, she had I mean, her lawyer there, but he w- he was just there. Like they were supposed to summon him, but he didn't have any lawyers or anything. Where was and it was parents? a school board. They weren't, it wasn't even like a, uh, a uh, what's it called? It wasn't like a court hearing or anything. Right, it was right. just the school board, but she had her lawyer there, I guess to protect herself, but he had nobody. It was weird. I mean, his brother was there, but he wasn't there for him. His yeah. father wasn't there, you know. And he's the chief of fucking police. <laughs> I know. I, I literally, I mean, I'm sure he's got other things he needs to do, but this is your son. And we don't hear anything from like his dad about 
the situation at all. Like it just never comes back up. We don't ever um, see his parents at all this season, right? I don't. I don't think okay. so. Well, we saw his dad, I think, in the beginning, or did we not pass that? No, we we have never seen anybody but Doug. I don't remember. I know in like the beginning, but that might not happen until season two. It's either near he either here nor there. But I literally titled the scene "Pacey Takes the Fall" because yeah, he does. He, does. he takes the fall. He saves Tamara's reputation from being tarnished although she probably deserved it well i mean i guess he takes the fall for her because he one thinks they're still going to be together and two he really really yeah he cares and he loves her she's the first person that he slept with who like showed him any type of attention and um And, you know, it's, it's like fucked him up in the head a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's uh, he really does take the fall for her when she should really just be in prison. But anyway, <laughs> it's really interesting while we try to fight the normal outlook with Tamara. Like, yeah, I'm all right. What are your thoughts on this entire situation? Just Tamara in general, the Tamara and Pacey show. I, I want to know how you guys feel about this. Do you feel like it's okay? And like, I know we've kind of been like battling back and forth on this. And, um, you know, she's a pedophile. There really is no excuse. But seeing their relationship and how it's progressed and, you know, they really did make Tamara a very likable character like how do you feel about it do you really feel she should be in prison are you comfortable with how it turned out and how their relationship you know had turned out and how tamar did not get in trouble for the situation that they found themselves in like i'm very curious how you guys view it too are we just stuck in our ways <laughs> we'll have to post a poll yeah we should we should when we go to air this we should post a, a poll a few days later are you okay. team tamara or not <laughs> Are you team Tamara or uh, do you think Tamara should uh, be in prison for being a pedophile? We are back to Bessie's screaming bloody murder because she's pushing a child out of her vagina. Um, <laughs> Jen tells Grams that there is a lot of blood to which Bessie freaks out. And yeah. Grams just tells her to relax. Bessie asks, asks her if there's something wrong. And Grams tells her nothing is wrong. What Jennifer doesn't know is that a bloody show is normal. Grams is pissed at Jen and orders her to go get some washcloths. I'm, I'd be mad too, because yeah. Jen is... Scaring her. She is scaring a woman that is literally trying to push a, a, you know, a baby out of her vagina. And the last thing that she needs is to be scared. She's already at someone's house. She's not in a hospital. She's not under any type of um, drug to help her. She's giving a natural childbirth. And Jen opens up her dumb mouth. And like, she's literally scaring this woman. Like, so this is the part where Jen annoys me because she thinks she knows everything or she thinks she knows better than her grandmother who's been doing this for 40 years like take your grandmother aside and be like uh i'm a little scared because there's a lot of blood grams like what is happening i've never done this before you know so oh i wrote bessie is doing some great birth acting here (laughs) um she sounds like she's about to cry and ask grams if everything is okay Jen, Jen really did kind of annoy me at this part of the episode because that's exactly, exactly what happened. She's like, I know this isn't normal. Like, how do you know what is or isn't normal? Have you done this before? I just, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get I, it. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> I should have just not said anything, but maybe tried to get her grandmother's attention and be like, 
you know, like, is that normal? I don't know. You know, like right. maybe make a face where, you know, Bessie couldn't see and be like, can I talk to you? Can we step away for a second? Some hand gestures, you know, a little like airfield. This, this is the strip. <laughs> and make left. I don't know. Like <laughs> She points down to her, like her, her vagina and is like blood, blood spurting. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe get some flags, you know, some light strips. Get some flags little, on the field. The glow sticks, you know, <laughs> Yeah, she she really she really messed up there. Yeah, but Dawson uh, comes over and he tells her that she's doing she's doing great. And he points the camera to Grams and tells her to smile for the camera. And Grams literally pushes him out of the way and tells him he's distracting her patient. This is when Joey leaves the room. Um, oh, this is oh okay. This is when she goes outside. Um, yeah. Jen comes back in and asks Grams privately this time if there's a problem. And Grams says, how dare you alarm my patient by expressing a contrary opinion in her presence? And Jen is scared because she says Bessie is losing a lot of blood. Graham says, yes, fine. There's more blood than she'd like, but there are no signs of any major issues. Um, she tells Jen she needs her help. She wants Jen to set aside her attitude and any second guessing and to help her get this baby delivered before there's any more blood loss. And she says, do you think you can do that, Jennifer? Do you think you can summon up the smallest amount of faith in me? Because if you can, there's no better time than now. (laughs) So they are telling Bessie to push. She says she can't. Um, Jen says Bessie needs uh, pain medication. Bessie agrees. Graham says she doesn't have any, but she can do one better and starts saying the Our Father. She tells Bessie to repeat after her when Bessie tells her that that stuff won't work on her. And Graham says it's for the baby. They start repeating the prayer. Jen even starts saying it as well, which helps Bessie begin to push the baby out. So that scene sort of just reminded me about the scene earlier where Jen and Grams are in her bedroom and she says that she just grew up and Graham says perhaps or perhaps she thinks she did. Basically, she's like, you don't know what you're talking about all the time. You obviously gave in to what you are so against you still have this belief in god and a higher being and you know using your faith potentially helping this woman feel some sort of safety in this situation and you know using the our father and saying that to help you get through this weird (laughs) weird situation that you're in it's it's sort of i guess you could say it kind of like opened her eyes up a little bit because she's doing what she's so against and yeah, it's working. I made, I made the same note and I literally, I titled this scene. You said the one was called Pacey takes the fall. And then what was yep. this one? <laughs> this one. Um, well, a few times. Yeah. Pacey takes, t- Pacey takes the fall. This one's called Jen sees the power of prayer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, or or Jen sees the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that one too. Uh, but yeah, I, I labeled this one Jen sees the power of prayer. Um, and then even before like Pacey takes the fall, it's called time to push is what I called it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's time to push. So some of some of these are I think they're a little bit funny. <laughs> no, I like them. I like that you're that you're titling your uh your scenes in your notes. It's, it's so. Believe it or not, it's not really so much um, me titling. I mean, I'm titling the scene, but it remember what happened because I don't write as detailed notes as you do. It's just random thoughts um, or maybe something that happens within the scene so that when we talk about it, I remember what happens. And then I feel like, oh, oh yeah, that's what this is about. <laughs> yeah. My memory is not so good when it comes to certain things. So 
some of these oh. I just laugh at myself because I'm like whatever works Jamie whatever yeah. works hey it works for me <laughs> yeah all right so we are now with Dawson he sits with Joey she's outside and she's completely freaked out he tells her again that Bessie's going to be okay yeah. and Joey says she knows but um Joey says she's not she's not worried about Bessie but she is worried and she asks Dawson who Bessie reminds him of and he says that's easy your mother and Joey says when her mom got sick and she was getting chemo, she would come home every day and sit with her. Uh, but her mom would let out these cries of pain and she would pray that she would never have to hear them again. And Dawson asks her why she sat with her mom. And Joey says because her mom needed her. And she said she never said it, but she knew. And Dawson asks her if she thinks Bessie needs her any less. So I'm getting so emotional right now because... I'm thinking about my own mother and when she was sick. Oh my God, Jamie, I'm going to cry. Like I was thinking about last night too. Don't cry. So um, I remember when my mom was sick and she was in the hospital. I'm going to have to cut this out. This is so embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Oh my God, I'm getting so upset. It's it's especially for people who have had, you know, the loss of a loved one. I don't have anybody that I've been super, super close to. Like I've lost uncles and things like that, but not like my own parents, not yet. And I got teary eyed towards this, you know, between this scene and um, when Joey ends up going back in and actually being there for his sister, I, I definitely was getting upset too. I mean, I, I can't relate to what you have gone through and experienced and what Joey has gone through and experienced still feel it. You know what I mean? I'm empathize. Yeah. Like so every, okay. everything, Everything that she was saying, mm-hmm. I like totally related to because I was I did all that with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like I sat with her in the hospital. She would cry out in pain. She never said she needed um, like she needed anybody because she didn't want us to worry, which is crazy. Right. And um, yeah, it's just so bizarre. Like I you never think your mom's going to get sick and die. You know, you like you don't think that. Anyway, um, so yeah. It's a very relatable uh, situation and you are not alone. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. It's so weird to lose a parent. Uh, anyway, so we're back at the town hall and we hear Doug call out to Tamara and he says he knows what pain Pacey might have caused and he apologizes for that. Um, he says he's been the bane of their family since he was born, which is really rude. And Tamara says, well, then you must be proud. And Doug doesn't understand. And she says, well, he grew from an unruly child to a sweet, sensitive young man. And then she says, oh, and Douglas, it's Miss Jacobs. <laughs> I have a I have a title. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I called it Doug the Brown Noser. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. Oh, he will. Started- he'll be a brown noser when he's older. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> But um, I called, I called Doug, I called this one Doug the Brown Noser because he's, we already know from the hurricane episode that he's interested in Tamara, or at least he, he's appears to be interested. He wanted to take her out. And after this entire situation with his brother, he really wanted to kind of put himself out there and be like, listen, I apologize for my brother. He's an idiot. He sucks, you know, but I'm here, you know, he's got his flirty little smile on. He's just, I feel like he's just trying to be a Brown Noser. He's trying to get on a good side after this entire situation and i hope you don't uh treat the rest of the family the way that you know 
you might feel towards him or you don't, you know, feel the same way about me, basically. She just, she still stood up for Pacey after everything, which I, I give her props for. And this is why it's so hard to dislike Tamara because it's, you can't dislike Tamara. You know what I mean? Aside she's from this de- shitty she's defending decision, him. She is defending, she's defending Pacey still. And um, he, I just, it's so hard to, to not like her. No. I just, I like that she was just like, nah, Doug, it's Miss Jacobs to you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, now go fuck off. <laughs> yeah, she's like, stop bad mouthing your brother. I really, I'm, I'm really curious if Pacey and Tamara ever had a conversation about Pacey's home life. Oh, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, why, like, you would think that it would be, well, I guess they didn't have that sort of storyline going up for him. Right. You know, like, because it was, I mean, once we int- they introduced Doug to us, we sort of see where they were kind of going with it. And we do see in future seasons that he really does come from like a very dysfunctional family. Yeah. Um, I saw a and clip it- the other day where he was, he was with Joey and Jane Lynch plays his mother. Um, she plays, she's Sue Sylvester from Glee. Yeah, I know and she is. I was like, oh, I totally forgot that she played his mom and his dad is there and they're uh there i think it was his birthday maybe or they're having dinner no i think it's it's his birthday because he didn't want to be there he didn't want to party and it's at his house it's like the only time we actually see his family home he didn't want to party and his friends threw it for him anyways i think he was seeing joey at the time if I remember, like there's still all this on edge stuff going on between them because the dynamics shifted again. I'm not going to get super into it, but you're dead on. And I think that's when we see it. And you really get to see how dysfunctional his family is. Yeah. Like, there are no mess. There she calls, mess. the mom calls Joey by the wrong name and Pacey um, corrects her. And she says like, she's like, that's what I said. We'll revisit exactly how dysfunctional mm-hmm. Pacey's parents are, but um, we'll, we'll put that a pause on that. But um. All right. So now, oh, so I wanted to say after that scene with Miss Jacobs and Doug, she's walking out to her red convertible and she gets in the car and there's a song playing, which is called All I Want by Susanna Hoffs. And that's another one of those songs that I was tracking down. I saw um, saw the, the CD. I love that song. And when I heard so. I always say that the music in this epi- these episodes give me this like weird muscle memory where I revert back to uh, like when I first watched it or that time in my life. When I heard that, it was spring in my house. At my house, I was uh, like just sitting in my bed watching the show, and I was like seventeen again. It was so weird, Jamie. I was like, "Oh, the nostalgia! The nostalgia is real." <laughs> it is. It is. It's. I've been getting it a lot, a lot lately. Um, but yeah, it's a really good song. Um, but Tamara gets in her car. She drives off. We're back at Dawson's. Baby is beginning the crown. Uh, they need her to push just one more time, and she says she can't because she's too tired. Um, this is when Joey comes in and holds Bessie's hand and Bessie, they like look at each other. They give each other this look and then Bessie pushes and the baby comes out and it's a boy. And all I thought was that baby's definitely not going to be circumcised now because she's just going to, well, the baby still has to go to the hospital, right? Like about that. Yeah. there's going to be no records that the baby was born. <laughs> the ambulance is still 
still coming, right? They, they call it the ambulance. They're just in another town an hour away because of an accident. So they're probably, you know, filling up the one ambulance for the right. one hospital in this tiny little town. Um, and then apparently this one ambulance also does the next town over that's an hour away, which is just terrible planning. First of all, like you need that. at least a second ambulance if you're handling more than one town. Yeah. But, whatever um it was a nice plop device for t- a tv show to have her have a baby in a house <laughs> yeah yeah right it's a show jamie it's a show but um <laughs> where'd the wheelchair come from <laughs> no that drove me crazy you know like, did she did he page him did he like say bring <laughs> Eat me, you know no i just i don't i don't even oh it was just way too convenient for Pacey to randomly have a wheelchair when they needed it for this that shooting of that scene but we're that was many episodes ago we're coming back right so um i got teary-eyed at this point but to answer your question the ambulance is coming so when they get there they'll probably all go back to the hospital and she'll get checked out by the doctors and the baby will get checked out make sure everything's fine right so yeah he'll have a birth certificate he'll have a yeah i was like wait so she can just go home and the baby's okay No, Stephen. She has to go no. to the hospital. <laughs> he probably might. He might get circumcised still, but if Bodie doesn't show up on time, who knows what's gonna happen? Oh my god! Um, yeah. Uh, but I did get teary eyed in this particular scene because it was. I mean, between the emotional distress that that Joey was dealing with you know because of what she was reminded of and then coming through that and just being there for her sister and her sister just like okay i have the support system that i really needed i have my family here let's do this you know and uh, and she did it she pushed that baby boy out so cute yeah um yeah the baby had jelly all over his head that's all i could think of and then the awkward the awkward face acting by katie holmes in this um she did this weird like it was weird. I was and like, she was holding him for the first time. No, like, no, it was when oh. the baby, the baby just came out, and they cut to Joey's face, and she's making these awkward, like, side smile things. I don't know. I thought that was just awkward. But finally, the baby's born. You know, let's think about that for a second. So this was done in '98. That child is legally able to drink now, right? How many years has it been? <laughs> Um, hold on. Do the math. <laughs> I can't do it that fast. I'm an idiot. Hold on. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. We got two years to get to 2000, and we're in 2021. The, the, baby, the baby's 23. 23. <laughs> I used the calculator. <laughs> yeah, you used the calculator. I did my brain. <laughs> yeah, you did it in your head. Woo! I can't do it that fast. <laughs> the baby is 23 years old. That's how long the show has been off the air. 23 years. Or since it's aired, not off the air, but yeah, since it first aired. came out. Um, My bad. Yeah. Just to put that in perspective for any of you youngins or oldins. So either. weird. So, um, weird. <laughs> so Pacey is now at Tamar's again. Mm-hmm. Um, she He sees her sitting out on her front step. She's having a glass of wine. Uh, this is like her fourth outfit of the day. He goes and asks her if she can talk or if she needs her lawyer present. She tells him if he has come to apologize again, he needn't. <laughs> she was deeply appreciative of what he did for her. Yeah. Yeah. He says he was hoping all that talk about breaking up was just in the heat of the moment. And he tells her it's never going to happen again. She says she knows because she won't let it. And he says, good. 
and she says she's leaving Cape Side. She tells him he knew this day was inevitable and she tells him maybe he'll graduate and meet someone his own age. Maybe she'll meet someone her own age. <laughs> and which I thought was funny. She tells him that he has to understand that she cares very deeply for him, but she's 36 which they she finally was, get an age. She wasn't 36. She was actually 42 in this. Well, she looked damn good. Well, I thought she was at least in her 40s when she did this. I don't know why they told her she was 36. Maybe the like censor said she has to be younger because it might be too weird if she's older. Weird. Yeah. That's quite um, possible. Because if I think about it, that's only five years older than I am now. It would be potentially like he, she could have had him at 16 type of thing, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's why they did it. And so she says she's 36, <clears throat> 42, and wants to have children. She wants to be their mother, not their girlfriend, which was a weird thing to say. She tells him just because she's older, it doesn't mean she knows what to say in these situations either. But she just wants to say goodbye now. And he wants to give her a farewell kiss. She says she's afraid because that's how this whole thing started. And they have a, a hug and she kisses him on the forehead and he walks off and says, I hope you enjoy Rochester. Oh, she's going to Ro- Rochester to live with her sister. She Rochester, New York, in case you guys are anything like me and don't know your geography. <laughs> <laughs> and she... <laughs> She's moving, moving to another country called Tribeca and <laughs> <laughs> she tells <laughs> she's like I gotta get out of this country I'm moving to Tribeca <laughs> and I'm he's like idiot. he's like aren't you a teacher <laughs> listen man listen um, but she tells him I hope you enjoy high school it was a sweet send off for her I really I really thought she was in the, the um, so we're on episode six. So we're technically in the middle of the season because I think it's only 13 episodes, but I thought she was in a lot more of the season, but I was surprised she, that she was gone after this. She does come back. Oh yeah. You did say that. She does come back. She doesn't come back for long, but she does come back. I don't think it's, it's not this season though. I don't think. I don't think she comes back in like season two. Does she? She comes back because of um, a location or whatever. And I remember that Dawson's father, Mitch, is looking for a place for a restaurant. Oh, I remember. She sells it to him, I think. It's, it's her property, which, for, which really confused me because she's a teacher and she had the beach house. Why would she have a second property, which is like a, a commercial building? You know what I mean? I don't really understand why she's randomly coming back to talk to Mitch about this property that's in her name. I don't remember the specifics of it, but once it was to bring conflict. If it was in season two, it was to bring conflict between Pacey and Andy then. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I mean, she doesn't stay for long, maybe like an episode or two. And then she she goes back to New York. So uh, we'll we'll find out when we get there. But she does come back. I totally forgot that. Um, Can I just say that she still wants to have kids and have a family it made me feel so much better because i'm 31 i have no children yet and i do want kids eventually but i don't want to be rushed but i also know that i am a ticking time here you know eventually i won't be able to do those types of things so i'm like 36 and she still hasn't you know settled down and like, okay i feel better you know <laughs> Because, you know, the older you get, no, I totally understand the harder that. it I mean, becomes. 
I'm not obviously. It made me feel good too. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it it does. It gets harder as you get older. But like, I'm I'm a man, and I think about if you know I have that window that's still open. If I'm you know, am I too old to try to make this happen? Like, do we want to have children? It was something that I really did think of when I was younger. And like my mom always used to tell me, like, you would be such a great, great dad. And I know that we would both be really good dads, but um, I don't know. It's like, I'm 41 now. Do I want to have a kid like close to 50? Oh my God. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, the energy that you need to have, they're always getting into stuff. You got to follow them around. I know that I don't want to wait too long because I'm already tired as it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like, do I, like, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing to get into sometimes. And uh, I feel like it's one of those things that like for us personally, it's like, we really need to sit down and figure the shit out. But who, who I the feel fuck like for me, I kind of wish that I just would have popped them out in my twenties. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't say that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, there's no real good time because your twenties, you want to enjoy life. You're legal. That- you can drink, you can go to bars, you can party, you can do this, do that. Although once I hit like 23 I was bored with it all but um you know you you, most people probably don't even find their people that they're gonna marry at that age you know obviously I did it but then when you're older you get tired and I I don't it's so so crazy because it's like do I do I do it now do I do it later (laughs) but Jamie you never know like you could just get pregnant and then you're like well I'm pregnant (laughs) you know so And then you gotta you gotta decide too, like because once once you start having a family, your entire world changes. Oh it's yeah, it's not about you anymore. It's not about your spouse or your you know your spouse or your partner or whatever anymore. Oh, it's about good. this child. So there goes all my extra reading time. <laughs> How selfish and selfless can one be? I'm gonna have to read to my child. I'm not gonna be able to read what I want to read now. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you can when they're younger because they have no idea what you're saying, especially when you get to the naughty bits. You just have to be careful when they're older. <laughs> oh my god, your baby would be such a little nerd. <laughs> I know I'd have the best nerd ever. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know. I always said I wanted, if we had children, I wanted it to be with my DNA, and then like we could have one with his DNA. Because I want, and I said, and we have to like plan it so that, like, figure it out so that the baby's born in August because I want a Leo baby. Oh my gosh. Science is great. (laughs) Anyway. Science is great. Um, But that's pretty much that's the end of the episode we we have the ending where no we're not we're not there yet we're not no, no we still have some more left we, we have, have a whole left. scene it must have been so small that i didn't care enough to write it down it's true because i when i watched it the first time i must have totally missed it and then when i watched it the second time i said oh, i didn't write any of this down this is so weird it snuck in there yes yeah, so, somehow it did it was so, weird i missed it so. <laughs> we both missed it it was weird we're back at Graham's. She's uh, sitting at the kitchen table doing a crossword. It's late. It's the end of the day. And Jen comes in. She looks like she just showered. Um, it just reminded me of one of those like school nights I where like I would take a shower and like go down, get ready for school the next day. And um, she just comes in and she, you can tell she wants, she just says goodnight to Graham's and she says, long day, huh? And Graham says, good day. And it was a good day. I like that. Graham's tells Jen, just because we don't say certain things to one another doesn't mean we don't feel them. So she asks Jen after what she experienced today, does she still not 
believe in God. And Jen says, I don't know about God, but I have come around a little on man. So, I mean, that was, you know, a good way to reflect back on what happened and, you know, how the episode started and where her mind ended by the end of the day, because it was a long day. Did open her eyes a little bit. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she literally saw a baby being born and she assisted in that at 15. Like, could you imagine? I could not imagine. No, (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) I watched one of those uh, videos of, of a birth and I almost threw up. It was, <laughs> it was so gross. So, <laughs> like I said, I was like, I don't know how women do this. <laughs> you would totally be the dad that would pass out. You'd probably throw up and then just pass out. I would just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to look. Um, but yeah. So now we're at Joey's Bessie. Oh, we see a bigger part of their house. <laughs> we see a couch. Bessie is holding the baby and she hands the baby to Joey. We don't even get his name. Um, they both agree that the baby has their mother's eyes. It's a cute scene. It is very Um, cute. I remember this now. Then we hear a song called Seven Shades of Blue by Beth Nielsen Chapman, which is a really pretty song, which is on my soundtrack. And we see Pacey walking on the beach again, looking at Tamara one last time. He sees her in her living room window about to turn her light off. And so she goes to turn the light off and he just says goodbye, Tamara. And he walks off. And that's the end of the uh, episode. Yep. Goodbye, tomorrow. And it finally, finally was dark out. Night finally yeah. <laughs> It was night out, yeah. It was a very, like uh, Jen said, a very long day, but a good day. Kind of like yeah. today. It was a very long day, but it was a good day. Good day. Um, I know next week we have the detention episode, which is probably my favorite episode of the season. I know a major thing happens between our two main characters and um, I can't wait to uh, so get into it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the episode for today. I liked it. I didn't, like I said, it wasn't my favorite. I did enjoy the, um, uh, the relationship with Bessie and Joey and Grams and Jen and I'm sad to see tomorrow go but I'm also not <laughs> but I'm not I, I'm excited <laughs> I don't remember where we go now with Pacey's character um but it was nice while it lasted I'm sure the censors when it was airing were happy that it was over with <laughs> right they're like all right six episodes is enough yeah well they never actually showed them having sex or anything no just rolling around on the floor with yeah. Dougie outside <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's it for now. We're going to end the episode because it's it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a long day. But we want to uh, tell you, if you could, please follow us on uh, Instagram at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And if you are enjoying listening to us, and uh you want to you're bored and you're like on your itunes podcast listening you know maybe you want to like give us a review let us know what you think we would really appreciate it because we haven't had any yet (laughs) iphone apple users (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i haven't i have a um i have an ipad but i like barely use it but um, yeah, we we were um we we were I'm really sure do not know my Apple ID information. So <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. I like had to figure all my I had to like reset mine to like factory uh, settings because it said I was logged out of it and I couldn't remember it. I was so mad. 
But um, yeah, if you are on uh, Apple, if you're on iTunes, I don't even know what it is. iTunes. If you're on <laughs> iTunes. iTunes. If you're on um, if you're on iTunes, you're to us through iTunes review rate something. Yeah, tell Leave us, us a review. It. We want to know what you think. Good, um, bad, we don't care. Preferably good, but you know I can't sway your vote. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, we, with the the feedback that we've been getting from people DMing us has been really nice. It's been great feedback. We we love you all, and we really 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 appreciate you guys being here and. Uh, listening and downloading and following and sharing and uh, tagging us. Um, it's its a wonderful experience because we are new at this. We are brand new at this. This is our sixth episode and we only have three episodes out right now, right? So um, fourth one to come later this week, <laughs> just to kind of give you guys an idea of where we are. Um, yeah. So thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening, keep liking, keep sharing, do all those, those fun things because we're greatly appreciative. Appreciate yeah. Um, and, and we just really are enjoying doing this. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I hope you guys are having fun with us just listening to us go back and forth. Because <laughs> uh, it really is just like a conversation between us. But I'm throwing stuff at you guys too, which, you know, we really love when you guys um, respond and give us comments and, you know, interact we love the interactions especially with our posts um so keep doing it keep it up do it more we love it yeah we like the engagement it's fun yes um also um jamie do you want to give out your instagram handle yeah my bookstagram is j lynn underscore book lover so it's j-a-y-l-y-n-n underscore book lover um that's my Instagram handle. But if you get to the Instagram, you can get to the rest of them because we got like trees all over the place. Yeah, we um, I tagged Jamie and myself in like all of our posts. But um, yeah, like I said, we are so grateful. Please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, keep commenting and liking and sharing and following. And we will be back next week with episode seven. Yeah. Right. Detention. Yep. And I cannot, like I said, I cannot wait to get into it. So <laughs> gonna be good. Until then, bye. Talk, talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek.